The year is 2005. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is Christmas. people don't celebrate christmas you gotta be a little more inclusive oh you know what have... this would explain we are two <laughs> seconds into our introduction and the marvel pc police are mm-hmm. on my ass <laughs> two seconds into the intro and the the police of christmas mm-hmm. the pc police police of christmas police are on my ass again yep. good grief we got a comp we got a review thanks to everybody who reviews us I'm um, Marlis here at Apple and uh, iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you might. Honestly, the support we've gotten over f- five years? What we said? Four years? We're, hit, we're hitting five. I, we were both wrong. I guess six. You both were like four. We're wrong. It's five. It's five. Five years mm-hmm. of doing the My Marlis Year podcast is incredible. The only reason yeah, this is still yeah, going is because we have people listening. We have people reviewing. We have people in the exclusive My Marlis Year Slack supporting the best comics community in the world. But occasionally, occasionally... We get a review that says something we're doing is getting under their skin. Sometimes it's earnest. Sometimes it's, it's cultural forces beyond our control. And uh, we, Zach shared a recent one with me that was that said we were Marvel's PC police. Yeah, I Listen, believe. You know what? I'm gonna give this. <laughs> you don't have to hand it to him, but I'm gonna hand it to him. They gave us three stars. You know, they even they, it was like a begrudging, like you know what, like which I feel like is is a kind of a really nice PC compliment. Police. Yeah, right? it was kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Like, I still have to admit, like, they're doing some good stuff, even if I <laughs> feel bad enough I need to leave a review saying that they're, you know, so woke. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I, and I, I think one of the problems is, like, Zach, you're constantly getting on me about saying the word Christmas. I'm yeah. constantly yelling at Disney for not providing Macintosh uh, PC, uh, Macintosh computers. Mm-hmm. They, they're constantly supplying Microsoft PCs. I think that's disgusting in this day and age. You're, you're supplying a creative office with Microsoft PCs instead of a yeah. Mac? What are you doing? Does anyone get the joke? I don't hear the laughter. Yeah, the laughter's not Zach, as can uproarious. Can you just add it's Ravens croaking in the background? <laughs> um, this is not the intro I thought we were going to do for the year. <laughs> this the is year. not the intro. <laughs> it's, a shame. it's a shame that we never just retake the intros after they go immediately off the rails. Here, I'm going to immediately <laughs> retake the intro. Welcome to My Marvels Here, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from his origins today. We're still in the house of Z. Um, going nope, throw nope, 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 don't like this, this is going. But this nope. time, this Stop week, it. I'm just a cute little cupcake and your big old feet smushing me between your toes, Charlotte What is happening? <laughs> what <laughs> is going on? That's Why, what this house your, is Your like. idea of a oh, better... Oh no, don't smush me, I'm a little chocolate cupcake. Stop with the fetish work. It's <laughs> <laughs> we, we cannot redo the intro. Oh, well, <laughs> will both of you look at my... Um, 
my name on our recording app right now today. Yes, yeah, we so Zach. We, we, just because we didn't mention it that doesn't mean we didn't see. Zach, <laughs> okay, Char- Charlotte, I think what you'll see is that Zach and I we need a lot of affirmation all the time. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> and probably no one except our wives understands this better than you. Um, hey, we should set up a group chat. With, with you and our wife, Charlotte, so you all can commiserate <laughs> about what it's like to need to deal with us. Can I just uh, say, yeah. too, here at the intro, as long as we're just doing nothing of value, um, <laughs> let's let's do something good here. My wife is great. My wife is oh. so cool. Uh, I just want everyone to know that I have just the coolest and best wife. Um, yeah, no further comment needed. Let me, just, let me take this throw moment that also just Zach, want to uh, get on unrelated. that wife fight? I'd like to step no, I'd like to step up and you know just take this moment to say um, that uh, Dave's wife is really great. Uh, she's, I, I really like her. She's a great person. So cool. Um, so yeah, we uh, we talk. That's what I'm trying to say. Dave. Yeah. Yep. All right. My marvelous year, Chrisman variant cover. Normally, this is the podcast and reading club. We go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We're going to be wrapping 2005. Marvel Comics here shortly, and then we're going on into 2006. So if you're reading along with the club, in the real present day of 2024, we're going to start off January 2024. The club is going to be going through the Marvel Comics of 2006. This is going to last probably the first three, maybe four months of the year um, because we have a lot of episodes, including our first ever Patreon takeover episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We have had a tier on patreon.com slash this year where readers and listeners can pick a comic or series of comics to add to the list. But we had uh, some backers who have been saving those up for so long that um, we now have a Patreon-sponsored episode. This goes against everything I stand for. Um, this is, frankly, uh, something that I, I – listen, if – I didn't need the money so badly. I would never allow this. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. I think I think it's fun because we get all kinds of weird stuff, even if I don't particularly love it. Uh, like the stuff that we're reading sometimes. Like, And we're getting more stuff added. Like I've had like three things added um, to the next year or two. Yeah. Which yeah. Is a, a... Question, question for Dave. If someone paid us enough money, would, mm. th- would you let them take something off the list? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't love adding that as a tier. I don't think people <laughs> people don't really ever want things taken off the list. I think the the feedback yeah. is typically just that that readers want more, with the exception of Zach, right? And the the classic recurring segment, why'd it's you do it? Not true. No, there's, no, no. There's in, a the, lot. in the why'd you do it segment, there's always that like, sure. why are we reading this? Right. That I'm t- I'm talking about those occasions. There's certainly people who come up and are like, oh man, I'm hitting 2004. I am not looking forward to reading more, I don't know, Bendis Daredevil. See, but I'd be curious, like, you know, for somebody to to do what Charlotte is saying, which is to be like, yeah, "Yeah, I will back this podcast just so that nobody ever has to read blank, right, that I otherwise would have included on the list. I'm kind of curious what those examples would be. You know, um, that and then didn't... someone else can pay to add it back on, and then we just go. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh man, and we just sit back and watch the the dollar. It's a real go up. a real money laundering scheme. Mm-hmm. Now this this connects nicely too. We did get some Christmas party variant questions from mm-hmm. our listeners in the Slack, and this connects nicely to probably the most MMY specific question we got. So this is from David A. I'm assuming this is David A. Ha, the artist of 
uh, Hawkeye with Matt Fraction. I, yep, has it to is. Be. Yep. He's Do you feel player. any pressure to keep each year of MMY to a certain number of episodes now that the number of good comics is greatly increasing? Personally, I prefer each year to be as long as needed to include all the good slash important issues. Zach, Charlotte, you don't make the lists. You don't uh, decide the number of episodes. But how would you feel about uh, what what David is implying here? I'm curious on your takes to this ask. I mean, it, 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 there's, because there's an explosion of the number of comics Marvel is putting out, it's... It would be harder to keep it as restrained as it is in like the 60s or 70s, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as to the number of issues and even just like stories we're we're covering, um, just because like the Marvel universe gets way bigger. Um, it's but I, like there is something nice about saying like, nope, it's just gonna be 10 stories each year and that's it, and it's just gonna be like four episodes maximum. Um, like that's. That's. I feel like that's that might be an easier sell also, like for, for a lot of people. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like we're we're covering like we're sticking to stuff that feels important or at least like interesting to discuss, right? Um, as long as we're not like. I mean, I, I feel like we've never have had a hard time finding stuff to cover. Like, what was, it, was it like maybe 95 was the hardest one you had to deal with, Dave? 97. 97. 1997 was truly difficult to get 10 stories. That is the yeah. only year in the history of my marvelous year where yeah. it's been difficult. And it's like, if we have like, I don't know, 15 different stories that all feel interesting to talk about on the podcast, like, I don't know, it, it, it would feel disappointing to just, like, skip some of those just because we don't have the time. Like, we make the time we want to. This is, like, our thing. We can just build it however we want to. So, no, I think I, I, I don't think... I think it, it feels frustrating, especially as we get to... It can feel f frustrating, especially as we get to more modern Marvel, to feel time slowing down a bit, right? Like, we're going to get through the 2000s way slower than we got through the 80s, for example. Mm -hmm. Anything like, like, we're all three excited to get to, like, some Hickman on Fantastic Four, like, those kind of stuff. And it's going to be, like, a while before we get there, even though it feels not that far away in Marvel time. Um, but, like, no, I think I, I do definitely think the way we're doing it is the right way of, like, yeah, we're covering stories that are interesting to talk about and we, we should be covering, I think. Yeah. Zach, what do you think? It's very weird for me to be like, no, no, read more comics. <laughs> Charlotte here. I think it's fine. I, I have no, the only time I would be like, you know, let's slim these down is when I, when we're stuck in like the nineties and the comics are just kind of, uh, sure, yeah. and there's just a lower quality to them. And we're just like aching to get to more modern stuff, I guess. I, if that happened again, if, you know, 2011 comes around and it's just like, wow, this is just a wasteland of comics then yeah maybe we'd speed up but then the it would kind of naturally be shorter episodes because you choose less stuff so if there's enough yeah. stuff that feels worth reading that's worth discussion i mm -hmm. i have no i have no problem only covering like three marvel years in one real life calendar year like it doesn't i don't know it's uh it's fine read more comics it's fun. so my my take on this is i do actually i don't feel any external pressure no one is, <laughs> no one is clamoring for this to the degree that I'm like, I have to keep, so I have to keep this faction happy, right? But the internal pressure I feel 
is moving through the calendar at some sort of reasonable pace. You know, yeah. and the the whole approach to My Marvelous Year is a thorough but fast-tracked guide through the Marvel Comics universe, right? If we wanted to stop and read everything, or not even everything, but just like more of a sample platter of a closer to a percentage of everything, you know, we'd still be in the 1970s or something, mm-hmm. right? And we would just never move. And I think that is, you know, you see comparable yet inferior ideas to my marvelous year pop up all the time in the podcast space and they're all yeah. on 1968 <laughs> you know and i personally and then love... they die in 1968 and they're like we've just been doing this for too long i mean the spark is gone a lot of times yeah. yeah um so i do think it's important to move uh i think it also you know your david a comes in with the comment that there are so many great comments or comics or something like that a lot of listeners aren't going to agree with that, <laughs> right? And especially yeah. the more we dilute the episodes, with if we get to like 15 episodes in 2006, we might be talking about things that are like, you know, kind of interesting or different or series launches, but aren't cream of the crop. You know, like there is, it's not like, uh, it's not like this is like, what do you say, what do you call it? Like a, like this un- critical like golden age of like 75 perfect comics coming out of marvel i mean a lot of it is what charlotte was describing which is they just start publishing a lot more so i think one of my challenges and one of the things i think i'm pretty good at is sifting through the noise and curating what is you know like we've been saying important essential worth talking about and putting the time into versus what is just more yeah because like there's a oh, lot sorry, more comics we're reading, but there's also a lot more comics we're not reading than in the 90s or 80s, oh right? My God. Like, like, we skipped so many. So much X Men. <laughs> like, yeah. we're just we're skipping over so much X Men right now that's happening. Like, I was shocked when I found out how much X Men is being published right now in 2005 yeah. that we just aren't covering because I'm assuming, you know, it's just not that noteworthy. Besides that, Angels Have Wings, whatever arc that you should have put in, I think. Um, but like, uh, are you I talking two... about uh, she lies with angels? The story where yeah, Angel has sex yeah. with an underage girl. Well, he doesn't have sex. That's it's extremely debatable. You're... I will debate you about it. Your hotheadedness about, it, but... about uh, uh, like defending this particular beat is one of my favorite things about you, Zach. <laughs> like you're it's very heavy petting. Very focused on they this. only do heavy petting in the sky. Okay, like they think anyone else saying they're having sex is heavy petting themselves. in the sky with <laughs> angel. <laughs> Heavy petting in the sky with diamonds. I'm looking at the 2006 list (laughs) and uh, like everything on it, I'm like, I've heard of, right? I mean, I think that's the kind of like, I've heard of all these runs. I've heard of either the creator that's starting something new or it's a notable run. Like 2006, I'm looking at Next Wave Agents of Hate. It's a comic book I've heard about a ton. Peter David's X Factor, Mm -hmm. Brubaker's Captain America. And then if I haven't heard of like the creator, I'm like, oh, it's the new She-Hulk from 2005. It's the event Civil War or Annihilation or Marvel Zombies, right? Like, these are all comics that are notable, that people know about, um, you know? And then there's probably a few here that, like, I hadn't heard about that might be either important or, like, hidden gems. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, I generally, I, think... I mean, I tease you sometimes, but I generally am very, like, oh, yeah, this is a very tight list and I have very few suggestions, you know, for what actually needs to be especially trimmed i almost never am like ah dave should have included much less than this 
you know if if anything i usually think the opposite we're like oh you should have put more in but you have the you know the spine the backbone to have taken all that stuff out so i uh i appreciate that well and i think if you want i think you know there are going to be readers who want to dig in deeper um and many of them are in our club and they they share with the rest of the club where they're going deeper and what they're enjoying and that's amazing i love seeing that yeah. um that's like one of my favorite things about the my marvelous year club you know, as the folks who come in and they're going in deep in 80s comics or the Clone Saga or wherever and sharing where they're at. That's awesome. I always love reading that. Um, you can always do that, <laughs> right? Like I'm constantly saying just because it's not on the list doesn't mean that me like somehow I'm dictating it's not worth your time. Decide what's decide yeah. what your own time is worth. Um, you know, I think that's going to apply for all these events with the tie-ins as well. I think David had a similar question around, you know, kind of curation and guidance around tie-ins. Um, and I think there are instances where that will come, uh, but it's also like, we're not, I think we've kind of all agreed, like we're not going to do the full tie-in reading order experience, um, by mandate, <laughs> right? By, yeah. by, uh, you know, chief, chief executive order here. Um, we're just going to, if there's stuff you're digging, you can read more of it. Uh, I think like with civil war coming up, you know, like there are tie-ins that are additive or, uh, yeah. are interesting. Because um, either that would mean, like, reading 300 issue for one episode, which is just, like, not possible, or spending, like, three to four episodes in one event, which, like, is way too much as well. Which is like, kind of what I thought we'd do, honestly, yeah. when we, like, were kind of first talking about it in, like, the 60s and 70s. Um, but that just sounds like such a slog. And yeah. it sounds boring for us as hosts. I think it'd be pretty boring for listeners. It'd be pretty and repetitive, Yeah. Well, and I just think, you know, by the end of 2024, we'd be like, well, we wrapped up 2006. And I think that pace is just like this podcast will not make it past 2010 at that pace. Like there's, yeah. I mean, you know, realistically, like the fact that we've done five years of this is like, yeah, insane. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, it's, sure. you know, it's, it's kind of wild. That, and like, and the, that I don't feel uh, burnt out on it. You know, I, I don't hate I, it. I actually like I it mean, more been... now than probably ever. Frankly. I mean, we've talked about it a million times, but Charlotte coming on to just have no. a slight release valve. No, it's not. I mean, just just anybody in that seat, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I heard, nice I thought compliment I heard inbound and quickly back. <laughs> I thought I heard her go, ah, but <laughs> I want to make clear it's not specific. It's just mm. having someone to like take some of the pressure <laughs> off. That like we someone, take anyone off. will do. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> anyone shall just happen to be head to be. No, there. I think I think <laughs> and have time on her hands. Our decision <laughs> to adopt a young French girl uh, has paid mm-hmm. extreme <laughs> dividends. Very pos- incredibly positive dividends. I love where the podcast is at, but I don't yeah. want it. Like like I said already, with a Patreon added episode, 2006 is 10 episodes. That's the most apps we'll have for a single year, um, and it's going to take us months. To get through it by the end of 2024 maybe we're up to 2008 at a cadence like that you know what i mean so i think we're e- even where we're at we're probably at a we cover two to three years of marvel history cadence now unless like suddenly we decided like you know we don't want to talk about something but i that's not going to happen so i think we're covering a lot frankly um and you know i think one of the cool things like i said is we've got patreon additions folks can add in comics they think we're missing um i'm always listening to feedback i mean honestly you know i was like folks were like oh, i can't believe we didn't do any chuck austin x-men like i'm it's not like i don't hear that it's not like i don't um think like okay yeah maybe that was a little bit of an oversight um so like if you see those things coming 
you know, uh, share share your thoughts. Uh, like I'm I'm interested. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I'm I'm interested in hearing it. You know, and then obviously my take on all this is, listen, I've already read it. I decided not to put it on here for a reason. Ninety eight percent of the time, um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go do the same. Like I, my you know, my slogan is on CBH that I'm working out is read more comics, you cowards. I think I'm trying to change from enjoy the comics to read more comics, you cowards. And uh, and it applies hmm. in, in all aspects of life. Different philosophies there, but... Uh, Zach, Zach's philosophy is read fewer Marvel comics. No, here's my, also, my philosophy, you genuinely, because I, I found that people really like to be told what to do. Um, well, God, I mean, the, to... the point of, like, a club like this is is some guidance, right? Is some help. And, like, that is, you know, it's, it's trying to make it enjoyable and manageable but feeling sure. comprehensive like that is yeah. yeah yeah yes i understand the like or i don't know that i understand the value of that but i have seen that there is value in that I, i'm saying like there's a you know we've seen it a lot an instinct of like man i've just i haven't enjoyed a marvel comic from for the last six episodes yeah yeah like this whole era is killing me but i'm just you know and instead of just allowing themselves to skip it like continuing to slow and we've had it. so many readers yeah who like you know they're like i'm doing it i'm sticking with it and you get to 1977 even or whatever yeah and they're like oh my god i can't i just can't yeah. and it's like <laughs> it's so freeing and listen I, i've done it i've been there i yeah. get it um but it's very freeing just to be like oh, okay i'm just I, I don't think i'm gonna enjoy that i'm not gonna read that anymore yeah <laughs> like yeah. like just, just make the same yeah, i do it all the choice. time and i get berated for it on the podcast <laughs> remember when i just skipped some deadpool episode or issues and you literally hit me uh, with your fists i if you were close enough i'm glad you weren't in the room because <laughs> boy would i have pummeled those cable you. deadpool issues yeah boy would i have all right let's you. get to some best of the year stuff yeah this one question yeah so this <laughs> so we're 25 minutes in and uh this podcast we're going to share some best of the year we're gonna answer some variant questions like we just did and then uh at the end of this we're gonna talk about zach's favorite movie that he made us all watch yeah um, so, it is my favorite movie this year, I think. It's is it actually? Movie. Well, yeah, let's, it's, let's it's, start there, then. Let's do favorite yeah. movies of the year. My favorite movie of the year, it's a Bollywood movie called Jawan. J-A-W-A-N. Mm-hmm. It's uh, featuring the fourth <laughs> richest actor in the world, who is, you know, extremely known to most of the world, but just not most of America. Who are, Khan. are there any, like, American actors in the top three, or, like, on this list? Or is that, is, like, the know. global stage no. so much bigger? I'm not sure. I didn't. Okay. I think The Rock's, I think, number one. But, like, Tom Cruise is below this guy. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah, a bunch of these, like, I mean, he's one of the biggest in Bollywood. Shah Rukh Khan, SRK is his nickname. Uh, let's see, who else is in here? Deepika Padukone, who plays the mother uh, who's in jail in this. Ooh, love her. Big star. Um, anyway, it's got a bunch of great actors. It's a Hindi action drama musical they call him a masala film kind of like masala as the like mix of spices in a in a dish oh uh, i was gonna so, say i think i know that word from cooking but okay that, yeah that is exactly that. and it's like this type of movie is the one that has like it has the action it's got romance it's got comedy it's got musical numbers and it sure does uh, sure uh, does yeah. um and yeah we'll get into it later but i loved this movie i saw it twice in theaters it's it's certainly like pretty silly and i'm just kind of fanboying about it uh, yeah. to a degree like but it has reached that level for me where like even the flaws now i'm looking at fondly as like goofy kind of like uh endearing flaws i guess rather than 
critically. But and you wanted to every, and you wanted to talk about it, especially in regards to like what what superhero movies could learn yes. from it. Yeah. Um, so I think for the listeners, you know, that's that's why. We're but like cover in a little more detail at the end. Crazy year for movies. I'm not going to get into any one too specifically, but it was a crazy good year for movies. Like. It had a ton of movies by really established directors coming back and doing some, like, career best work. You've got, like, Wes Anderson, Asteroid City, Nolan's Oppenheimer, Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, and then Miyazaki, maybe his best film, which I think is, you know, maybe a hot take right now. But The Boy and the Heron, I fell for really hard. Uh, and I think it might be Miyazaki's best. Did you watch a... the English version with Robert Pattinson doing his I... best Willem Dafoe as the heron? I have not, but I want to. Uh I, we saw the in Japanese. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might go see it again a second time. So yeah, I really fell for Boy in the Heron, and a movie that really surprised me. We just saw it's on my mind is Maestro, the Bradley Cooper movie about Leonard Bernstein, Bernstein, Leonard, Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein. <laughs> yes, they. Leonette Bresnet, something something pizza cat. There's a scene in the movie where he drives. Uh, he's driving his little convertible as an old man, blasting that song. <laughs> Of course. Of course. Um, anyway, Maestro really got me. Uh, it's not about his career, so don't go into the movie being. And like, that's this is... that's the Bradley Cooper future imperfect adaptation, right? Yes. Maestro being Leonard Bernstein <laughs> as the folks' future persona. <laughs> I, I yeah. think. Okay. But if if I had to recommend any one movie that people probably haven't seen, Jawan is on Netflix, and we're going to talk about it more. So, uh, yeah. And Jawana oh. Man does not appear to be on Netflix. So if oh, you're boy. if you're like I don't really want to watch Jawan, but I do want to watch Jawana Man, I was not able to find it. Personally. What about you two? What what movies did you see that weren't superhero movies that you really liked? <laughs> okay, no caveats allowed. Charlotte, please go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no superhero movies? No, I'm Cause... just kidding. I, I mean, What's Guardians the... three and Spider Verse were both great this year. And yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, Are those all of our top top two um, superhero movies? Spider Verse. I think my 3? top three is Spider Verse, Guardians, and TMNT. Same. If you count that as yeah, a superhero those movie, three, and they're do. all roughly around the same for me i had that exact yeah. order it's, yeah it's tough yeah 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 um yeah those are my favorite spider movies i, f- I have across spider is probably my favorite movie of the year but it's also like so far like it was early year like feels so far removed now um like i was desperate like, like i was looking at a series a, a list of movies that came out this year because i couldn't remember at, at all what i'd seen this year um, so I don't have a top, but I'm just going to go through some movies I watched this year and <laughs> say what I thought about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think among my favorites, Dungeons and Dragons was really, really fun. Like, oh, reminded yes. me of how fun blockbusters can be. Mm. Um, and like, I think it was like Harness Trailers who said that, but like, it is as fun and charming as, um, as MCU movies think they are, <laughs> mm. which is like... Felt pretty accurate to me. Like it was really, really fun. Th- that cast was was great, um, and yeah, I'm excited for some like weirdo the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Like they can do another one that's just like completely different, completely different with uh, another cast in another corner of the world, but like with that that same kind of feeling. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, Babylon, I really liked, and then found out nobody else did. <laughs> You're not totally um, alone. It has a, it's had it has its defenders. Which one's but, Babylon? Yeah. The Chazelle, Damien Chazelle movie from last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Um, Nimona, uh, adaptation of mm. uh, Nate Stevenson's uh, graphic novel comic. Um, 
like, that came out on Netflix this year. Like it was initially a Blue Sky Disney project, something. Like that. No, it, I think it was initially a Blue Sky project, and then Disney canned it when they bought Fox, um, and so it, it ended up at Netflix. And it was like really, really fun. If you like, if you read Nimona the comic, it's like very, very fun. Um, and one of my favorite animated movies this year, like probably number three, but when number one, and number two are Spider Verse and TMNT, that's like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then what else did I see? Dominic Four was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. One. I think I don't know. Outside of super movies, I feel like maybe Babylon was my favorite movie this year. Maybe I gotta catch I don't up. Know. I gotta see Babylon. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm trying to catch up on the 2022 movies that I uh, I missed out. But definitely, uh, like I thing. I'm curious if it's as good outside of the theaters. Like that's there's something. Of, Wait, you saw like, it in the watch- theaters this year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like at the beginning of this year? Probably it might have come out like later in France than it did in the mm-hmm. US. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like yeah, I did watch it November this year. November or something last year. Um, oh no, no, you know what's the best movie of the year? Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. did, did you see it did yeah. you go to theaters i did see it i oh, i went boy. to see it with like uh two friends of mine including one who was like a big fan of fnaf like when he was a teenager and like so was i when i was 15 fnaf was the biggest thing on the internet um so, like, it, we just... so it was huge when you were a teenager i would like yeah. totally miss yeah, this yeah. as a cultural craze but like you were in on on five nights of oh yeah absolutely like yeah. 2015 was like huge for fnaf and um Oh, it's it's Man. so bad, but like in a very fun way. <laughs> At least it was fun to us as like former fans of the franchise and the games, because like we, we could just like point at, at dumb references and stuff like that. But like, it's a bad movie. Don't 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 go see it unless like you think you're gonna have the same fun we had of like recognizing stuff. Yeah, that's uh, right. No, that. it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's really bad. It feels like something that's gonna become like a meme classic, like a kind of a in internet culture, but like. Nothing else than that. It's not a good movie at all. Um, <laughs> I like those yeah, games. Those experience. games are solid and spooky. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah honestly, fun. the especially the first two ones are, are really mm-hmm. good. But yeah, yeah. everything yeah. I learned about Five Nights at Freddy came over the course of three days trying to cover New York Comic Con news with Pop Person <laughs> this year because they had all this Five Nights at Freddy stuff, and they were like, "Hey, write a story about this." And I was like, "I've literally never heard." Of this franchise, I had that must no... have been quite the experience. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I had it's zero familiarity. I don't know how I missed it. In t- I mean, I'm not that online, <laughs> but like, I, yeah. I missed it entirely. Sure. And yeah. also, you don't like scary games, and so if I, if I if I had seen it, I got scared and blacked out and immediately yeah. wrote it out of my memory as well. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Never would have played a game like that. Good golly. Um, all right, for me, <laughs> best movie of the year was White Men Can't Jump. Uh, that was number one from early. Oh, we're in talking year. movies that we ha- that aren't from this year. All right, I have no, no. no I think it's that's about. the remake. That's 2023. I I watched it um, on Hulu in 2023. <gasps> There's so a remake this year. There I was a so. remake with Jack with Harlow. Jack Harlow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I have not seen. But oh wait, so you're not talking about this one? <laughs> no, I'm not actually I... talking about the new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had no oh, idea. I'm no. looking at the reviews on Letterboxd. Uh, the top one is like an R-rated Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the original Perfect. blew me away. Yeah, uh, but no, my my actual favorites. Charlotte, you covered all the superhero stuff, which I agree with. There was some really good animation this year. Um, but yeah. my actual favorite new movie, and obviously I have not seen that many. Um, that is not a superhero thing. Is the menu. Watch the menu mm. early. This Didn't year. see it. It's from last year, but okay, <laughs> we'll take it. Was it technically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. I mean, if, if it's late in the year, you get a little rollover, I think, into the start of the year. Hey, like, listen, if you publish a graphic novel in December, you best not be <laughs> expecting to be on a 2023 sure. best of list. Listen, I thought you know? Endor came out this year. It and came out last I already Dave. talked about Endor last year, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not that close. Yeah, it came out September, though. not even close. Then yep. I think technically the, the 2023 movie that I have ranked the highest, Zach, that is not superhero then, is Jawan, One Spot Ahead of Dungeons & Dragons. Hell Ooh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. One Spot Below Midnight Run, starring Robert De Niro. <laughs> I understand. That's fine. Um, okay. Movies. They were fun. Questions from the chat. Zach, mm-hmm. who yeah. do you prefer? Heat Miser or Cold Miser? I have no opinion about this. Rose what? loves... What? Uh, Rose loves that special. It's not one that I'm... What are we talking I, about? I, I, this is The Year Without a Santa Claus. It is an yeah. all-time great holiday special charlotte have you never seen nor heard of heat miser and cold miser never heard of this in my whole life pivot this into a uh, an actual actionable question what's everyone's favorite tv christmas special okay um mr green christmas Mm -hmm. i'm mr sun i'm mr heat blister i'm mr 101 (laughs) they call me heat miser i could keep going that's mine how hard this is to edit (laughs) (laughs) just throws the the volume of this episode Uh, anyway uh is that your favorite this yeah for sure yeah it's, I'll probably watch it again this year. Rose really loves that one. But uh, Ooh, I saw it as I've kid. seen it pictures of this, but I didn't know the name of the movie. But okay, I, I see what this is. Okay. So so I can't count like the Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Like that's not a holiday special. Right. I guess that's a I would movie. Say. Oh yeah, that, that that's would just be a my movie. fave too. It's an incredible movie. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I that's my, that my number one favorite. I don't know that I've seen any holiday special. Really? Is that except for like the Guardians big... one. <laughs> Ugh. But so I we're talking I don't like know. Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph and Grinch that's, that stole Christmas. That Charlie feels like Brown. a very Christmas. American cultural thing. Like yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. we well, like, was all like old like seventies uh, network TV. Sure, you know, yeah. Like, like I watched like... animated Christmas movies, right? Um, sure. Stuff like, like what? that. Like um, I don't remember the names honestly. Like there was one where like Santa adopted a kid, I think stuff like that. But I don't remember the names at <laughs> Excuse all. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I'm telling you, I don't remember. It's stuff like I watched when I was like five years old. Like Is we had the, on uh, VHS. What's that one? Orphan on 34th Street? <laughs> I don't right? know. Something like that? No idea. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't... Listen, my holiday is Halloween. I don't have Christmas faves. Um, Charlotte, I watched... is the Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie or a oh Halloween movie? God. It's both. Is both. it a sandwich? I know, a I'm a coward. Tacos are better than cannoli. Do you guys like The Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, yeah I think. I just, it's been I just went to go see it. I just saw it in theaters again. Went uh, to see it... it in theaters? Yeah, great movie. Man, I saw that for the first time this year. That ranks low. That, that's very low on the Ooh. list. Um, well, it's just above it. the Mario movie. And, oh, that's uh, insane. It is, that's insane. <laughs> it is well below. Movie. It's right below Blue Beetle as well. Um, hey, oh my god! <laughs> All right, we gotta stop talking about movies. Okay, I'm anyway, um, I like some of my favorite Christmas movies I've ever seen. Uh, Klaus, the animated Netflix movie, was really, really good. Mm. Um, Muppet Christmas movie, I've uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, I've won a Muppet Christmas movie <laughs> untitled. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol, I so for the last for the first time this year, I think this year mm. or last year, but I think this year. Uh, but like, like what early time this of the year. year? I think like in in spring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. 
Um, and Out I really loved it, but like, just did, wasn't a thing I watched when I was a kid. I was terrified of the Muppets as a kid. Um, oh, see, I was terrified yeah. of Tim Burton. So eh, I get that. But actually. here's the thing: we didn't really have the Muppets themselves in France. Uh, we mostly had uh, Sesame Street and uh, Bear in the Big Blue House. Is that the name of that show? Yeah, um, that's in like Muppet-related shows, but like we didn't have the actual Muppets, Kermit Cam- and Co. Um, so you yeah, had, that was my. You had Five Nights with the Muppets, right? The, the horror <laughs> franchise. Listen, that would have been a so better terrible. movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really have Christmas movies. Spider Verse yeah. One is probably my favorite Christmas movie. Like I do watch it every winter, and it is. It does take place around Christmas, so yeah, I guess that's the closest thing I have. Well, Charlotte, I don't know that you're going to be able to answer the next question, then. The next question is... Excuse me, sir. I haven't talked about my spe- favorite Christmas specials. Oh, I specifically I, said I didn't well, like yours. Well, I think, what you're, I think what you're maybe missing is that I, I don't want to know. Yeah, uh, everyone <laughs> else does. Because uh, this is going to unlock some deep memories for other 80s What kids. is your favorite Christmas special, Zach? It's, this is not my favorite, but it's a weird one that I have a lot of affection for. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas special that was on, like, CBS in 1991... Uh, that is based on Bloom County. You know that really bad, like, no. uh, newspaper comic strip, Bloom County? No. Anyway, it's called The Wish for Wings That Work, an Opus Christmas Story. You'd recognize <laughs> the style. It's I would? Yeah, well, you'd recognize the characters probably from, like, you know, your daily, like, newspaper com- cartoon strips. It's like a political cartoon, I think. Mm-hmm. But they had a weird Christmas special I liked. Anyway, my favorite actual one is The Snowman from uh, 1982. Just a nice little quiet, silent, uh, animated Christmas thing. A snowman that comes to life. Okay. And goes all adventure. Weird picks. Interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. All right, Charlotte. We watch The Grinch every year. That's, that's you know. I've classic. never seen The Grinch. I'm here for The Grinch. You have, yeah. Oh, you got to watch the original Grinch, Charlotte. It's great. It's only like Is the original the long. Jim Carrey one? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. God, Was the Chuck, there one before Jim Carrey? Yes, Charlotte. Do you think I don't? You know. think that the Jim Carrey version is where that the Grinch comes from? No, it's Doctor Seuss. I know that, but I thought like yeah. Jim Carrey was the first adaptation. I didn't no, the original people. Oh, the original animated one. Okay, yes. there wasn't like a live action movie before Jim Carrey. Mm, no, I loved no. you okay, in no, okay, Ace so, Ventura. Okay, I I'm knew that have movie. To send Never you mind. The letters being like Dave has to stop singing. Mike. <laughs> Eternal <laughs> sunshine me. in the spotless mind. <laughs> Mystic Theater 2, Mr. Grinch. Charlotte. Mystic Theater 2? <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Jim Carrey in a movie about a theater? Yeah, it's not called Mystic Theater. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> it's called the... Um, oh my god, what is it called? I don't think I'm that far it's, off. It's the Majestic. <laughs> yeah, I'm close. Oh, that's pretty I'm close. You called it Mystic Theater. <laughs> yeah, I was close. Charlotte, what yeah, is the yeah. queerest Christmas song? Oh my god. I don't know any Christmas song. I, I had a feeling you weren't going to be able to answer this. Yeah, um, sorry. What's the, that's I fine. I don't know. What's a that's Christmas fine. song? Zach, Merry I do Christmas? think maybe we need to bring... Jingle bells? I think maybe France is, is missing some Santa Christmas Baby. Culture. Santa Baby's the queerest What's Santa one, Baby? Oh. It's the Eartha Kit one. The yeah, one. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think there's a camp. I'm not yeah, a Christmas I can see kid. that. Sorry. Uh, there's a question here. Dave, are you the hottest dad in Chicagoland? Oh, my God. I think Probably. <laughs> I, uh, honestly, who, who I, asked that one, Dave? This was Big Daddy in the Slack. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> I do think, like, you know, one thing I've realized at 35 is 
it's not all about like a real tight physique. Like what you want <laughs> is you want to give the impression of some effort, you know, big muscles, um, strong legs, but you also want that dad bod core. You got to have that dad bod core. That's what really everybody's looking for, I think. So hottest dad in Chicagoland? I mean, a lot of dads in Chicagoland. Uh, but, you know, we could say top 25. I think we could say that comfortably and, uh, and very confidently. All right. What was our favorite? Let's do comics. I want to hear from both of you. Either of you have any favorite comics of 2023? Sh- I didn't read any comics this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's very much not true. <laughs> I read way too many comics uh, to, to the point of not reading anything else. Um, I read... Uh, Kieran Gillen and Al Ewing's Loki comics at least 10 times this year for my master's thesis. <laughs> and the fact that, like, I didn't get so bored with them by yeah. the end, I think is, like, a sign that they're great comics. Or, like, some of my favorite comics of all time. So, like, evergreen evergreen recommendation. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I finally got into DC, like, recent DC stuff because I'm... Very much ignorance about DC for the most part. Um, I've read like one DC comic for like 50 Marvel comics, if that's probably my ratio. Uh, probably even wider than that. Um, so yeah, DC, I, I like, I didn't, I didn't keep up with current DC comics or anything. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's just like I got into Marvel initially when I was a teenager with the movies, mm-hmm. um, and so like f- through the movies got into, like, reading Wikipedia articles about Marvel characters for, like, hours and then going into the comics from that, like, yeah. with a slight understanding of how those characters in that world worked. And never quite did that with DC. Um, just be- I think because, like, when I was a teenager, uh, I, like, the DC movies didn't grab me in the same way. And I don't know, like, just my brain lashed onto Marvel in a way it didn't with DC. Yeah. Um and now with honestly we're like I don't know I don't even know if we have talked about this but this year DC relaunched uh, their their line with Dawn of DC with mm-hmm. like a lot of new number ones for Superman Wonder Woman Green Lantern Flash and and a lot of others and I like just uh, now I'm currently working at a comic shop so like I just started reading all of those number ones and like trying to to keep up with those and honestly like kind of an interesting experience like Dawn of DC I think is as far as I'm aware of, as someone who has read very little DC comics in, in her life, feels pretty successful mm-hmm. uh, and, like, pretty high betting average, I, I would say. Um, I think my favorite of the ones I've read is Superman by Joshua Williamson, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't remember the name of the artist. But, like, those first six issues... I really need to find the, the name of the artist because the artist style switched at issue seven... And honestly, like, the style of issues 7 and 8 is still really good. But, like, in my heart, I was, like, it, it went back to a more classic depiction of Superman. And I was, like, I don't want to see anyone else draw Superman except for the artist of the first six issues. I, mm. I really need to find their name. Jamal Campbell? Uh, yeah, it's Jamal Campbell. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're great. Does an yeah. awesome uh, Green Lantern with N.K. Jemison on Far Sector. Oh, are they? Oh, right. Yeah. They're of far, far Sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah and far I think runs great. their Superman is perfect to me because I think uh, something I don't like with a lot of artists drawing Superman is 
he had like this perfect muscular physique and can like feels just too perfect and kind of like rigid and i think joshua uh, uh jamal campbell hits the perfect balance between like strong man and like him being goofy like he he draws him in a way that he's just like big smile big green like big teddy bear and i think that's not something a lot of dc artists have been able to do or at least have been have tried to do um i think like uh what's the name of uh, in ulta superman uh yeah frank quietly i was just thinking frank quietly is thing. really good at doing that and i think yeah. like Jamal campbell like reaches that level to me with drawing superman um and i think like yeah really, quietly really does the best like uh with dichotomy between like Clark yeah. Kent and Superman switching back and forth, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I would say like, what, I what about Birds of Prey? You're reading that one, right? Birds of Prey is really good as well. Um, that's that's I, the I need... only one I'm reading right now. Yeah, I need to go back to. I, I read it like week to week, um, and I need to go back to it like as a whole story, uh, which I did yeah. with Superman because yeah. like the first arc is out, and I don't think the first arc is quite over yet for Birds of Prey. Uh, but like Butterfly is really really strong. It's yeah. Kelly Thompson, I think. Kelly Thompson mm-hmm. and then Leonardo Romero, who yeah. does who like, like a throwback to like a seventies yeah. style of art better than I've ever seen. Uh, like evoking it without just but seeming like, like imitating. While still feeling modern, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a perfect totally. balance there. That's really really cool to see. Y'all are gonna love um, their Hawkeye run from 2016 because it's oh, hell yeah, yeah. The same style. Yeah, no, Birds of Prey is great. Yeah, no, Charlotte, I do think you're right. We haven't really talked about this, but, like, I did I did a DC binge, like, kind of Thanksgiving, and uh, I really like where DC's at. Like, their, yeah. their shared superhero universe continuity. Like, I like... There's a really nice foundation. I think uh, Marie Javins came in as editor-in-chief, I think, late 2020, and I think she's actually hasn't gotten enough credit for, like, kind of turning around, like, how much of a mess DC Comics felt like. I mean, I checked out hard in that post. Like, you're the villain, just, like... They just had, like, a total quagmire of, like, Scott Snyder fiefdom and a Tom King fiefdom and a Brian Michael Bendis fiefdom and nothing – and a Jeff Johns fiefdom and nothing worked together. Um, yeah. And I, I was doing the binge, and you got Rom V, Detective Comics. You got Phil Kennedy Johnson, Action Comics. You got the Williamson Superman people seem to dig. You got Mark Wade doing a bunch of, like, probably his most renowned superhero stuff in a while with Dan Mora. His Shazam also world. with Dan Mora is really, really fun. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to like it that much because it's really, like, throwback classic superhero comics, but it's really, really fun. Rob yeah. is doing a new, brand new, like, South Asian superhero team called The Vigil. The Vigil, yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charlotte, are you reading Poison Ivy by G. Willow Wilson? Because that's really good. Too. No, I need to keep up. I, I need to, to catch up. I read, like, the first 12 issues or something back then. Oh, back then, like, a year ago, I mean. Um, and I need to, to go back and, like, catch up because I really... I quite enjoyed the beginning but like didn't keep up week to week and i need to to go back and binge it because yeah it was really I, interesting and the art is, is really great i have found it especially ironic with all the the kind of outrage and chatter and just you know deep in the weeds like social comics chatter this past whatever month about you know the death of superhero comics and all the problems they're having when it's like dc is like really healthy <laughs> like like dc is like just i'm talking just pure like what's in the books right and just kind of yeah who's on them quality and just kind of like, like, I don't know, like everything seems like it's gotten really solid. Plus they have black label on top of that, which is yeah. the most interesting thing in superhero comics by yeah. miles. And which will always have that potential in, like, orbit around DC. Even if I'm not reading ongoings, like mm-hmm. I'm always dipping my toes into black label series and like checking out yeah. what's up with those. So yeah, 
it's a great way of like keeping people who don't want to read ongoing comics you know still kind of interested and invested yeah i i and, like where they're at i don't know if they like where they're at right what the what the money's going to tell them this year and all that yeah. stuff but um yeah it's you uh, know i think you're on i think you're on to something that it's and they have like something that marvel is missing and i know you talk about this a lot dave but like they have a good center Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm not a huge fan of uh, Tom Taylor's Titans work, Titans uh, arcs uh, like uh, series so far, yeah. which is like the new center. There's not a Justice League right now. It's the Titans as the center, um, which like I don't like. I don't like the run that much, but I think it's an interesting idea. And like what he's doing there is the center. Like Amanda Waller and uh, Peacemaker are like the main thread. Like that's something that's seen across the books. Like they're in Doom Patrol. We see them in like. Green Lantern, I think, like in other books, like there are the core threats, and like it feels like there's a center to the universe. It feels like there's a cohesion between the books, and like yeah. uh, creators talk between each other, like it's going somewhere, um, which is like pretty refreshing and reminds me of, of Marvel in the thousands with the era of events. And like it feels like, yeah, why isn't <laughs> even like, especially now that DC is doing it, it's like, why, why isn't Marvel? That's, that's kind of insane. Uh, but yeah, like uh, they're in a really good place. I feel uh, right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, great rack. Zach, any favorite comics of the year that you would like? No, to I was I was gonna say my. Sorry, <laughs> outside of superheroes, my favorites were I finally uh, read Zoe Thorogood's uh, comics, mm-hmm. and both uh, the impending blindness of Billy Scott and uh, It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth are like some of the best comics I've ever read. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. She's she's incredible, uh, and like go read some Zoe Thorogood comics because she's she's great and she's gonna she's gonna be a big name. Really, she's like uh, right now for me like top ten. If you're doing something, I will read it, even if I yeah. did not care about that thing otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm absolutely. Just, I mean, yeah, I read a ton of comics this year, but uh, big brag, old stuff. huge brag to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been really getting into Usagi Ojimbo. I'm pretty deep into that. I'm like six or seven trades. Are you reading the new stuff? No, no, no. I'm catching. Oh, up you're, with the you're old going stuff, from the which, top. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, tons of old Vertigo stuff. Whatever. But like new comics, I I just uh, I'm really out on catching up to a comic and then like i just don't read it month to month like it's just not how i I lose interest so like i just don't let myself start reading series more than like i'll check out an issue or two so there's a few comics this year that i read like the first issue of and was like wow this is great when it's done i'll i'll finish it so like daniel warren johnson's transformers i really love the first issue of that uh did you did you like you really loved it like you're like super excited yeah well maybe not really loved it but like i don't care about transformers and it made me want to read more yeah, I mean, I'm a little confused by that because you, that's a that's I think how a lot of people reacted, and I, I have, I'm a little confused by it. Oh, okay. I I have no affection for Transformers. I don't know anything about them, but like it was just a big fun mecha comic, and uh, I like the characters. The action was good. They you know do a su- like Optimus Prime suplexes somebody uh, or yeah. another robot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it worked for me. I haven't I haven't read past the first issue. Um, Spurrier's Damn Them All that had a great first issue and I'm like looking forward to when that's done (laughs) but um, I think the only like complete comic that I read this year is Do a Powerbomb which is Daniel Warren Johnson's wrestling comic um, which is great it's kind of like a uh, anime style tournament arc a little bit like Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball Z or something but mixed with professional wrestling and like a supernatural you know I don't know tournament of the dead wrestling thing yeah Um, but yeah, I've got a bunch of comics sitting here that I just bought during Black Friday, uh, some best of. I've got It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth, i got 21st Century Men, 
and oh, have uh, you not Wonder- read that yet? Uh-uh, and Wonder Ooh. Woman Historia, all of which are just sitting here waiting for me to check them out over the holidays. Oh, yeah. We gotta we gotta talk 20th Century Man at some point next year because it's I've oh, I've heard incredible things. Well, so. it's it's incredible, but it's also like it is going to be the most referenced influential book that people are like in five years people are going to talk about that book the way they talk about like the authority and <laughs> maybe watchmen i mean not but like it's it's going to have an outsized impact it it is every free uh creator's favorite book right like yeah, like yeah, if yeah. it's a if you're it's a creator who like is vaguely interested in superheroes that you care about i guarantee you that's their favorite book of the last several years wait is it 20 20th century i think i said 21st century 21st, <laughs> 21st century, century boys Yes, that's <laughs> what I was mixing it up with. Yes, 20th Century yep. Man is Dennis Camp. Yep. And I should know the artist's name off the top of my head, but I don't. Uh, but it's it's amazing. Uh, okay, awesome. You can find all yep. my picks for favorite comics of the year on Comic Girls, <laughs> Best Comics 2023. Of course, my top three, uh, Emily Carroll's A Guest in the House was my number one this year. Just like perfect graphic novel. I got into Emily Carroll stuff just within the last year. Have either of you read her works before? Uh, like no, I really, or... I, I really need to read this one because I've seen like everyone talk about it. And I think you will both like her stuff a lot. Um, yeah. uh, the one that was recommended first is When I Arrived at the Castle, which is like a queer vampire erotica, like horror thing. Okay. And it's just like, <laughs> Go on. it's gorgeous. No, it's gorgeous. It looks great. The pace, like, she's incredibly talented. Yeah, I, I think both of you will, will super dig it. Um, so that's my number one. My number two, I don't remember the order exactly. Uh, it's probably still Ice Cream Man or Swan Songs. Uh, everything W. Maxwell Prince writes, his approach to just trying to make every issue of comics like a one-shot best thing you've read, like on a formal level. Like every issue has the potential to be like, oh, remember that issue? I just I love that approach so much. When it hits, it's the best feeling in the world, and it hits way more often than not. So Ice Cream Man and Swan Songs are up there for me. And then my number three was an autobio from a cartoonist I had never read before. It's Julia Wirtz, and it's called Impossible People, a completely average recovery story. And it's about her alcoholism, but really it's like a, a memoir. You know, it's a snapshot in time of her life as she's dealing with alcoholism. And it's just, it really highlights, like, it's not always this, um, you know, celebrity going to rehab experience. Like, there's a casualness and a normalcy to addiction in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's also like just straight up the funniest book I've read this year. Um, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Julie Wirtz, Impossible People. You're, uh, yeah, you're, because you wrote the list on your newsletter. And I hadn't heard of, I had only heard of like two of them, I think. So, which is great. Like seeing a best of list full of stuff I'd never heard of is very valuable. My, my best of list, yeah. effing rules. I got it. Like, yeah. listen, I, the one thing I will just brag about forever is, I guess, my taste, <laughs> which is super pretentious. <laughs> and I realized that. Um, but haven't I like I've done this for a long time, and uh, I invest a what lot of time and thought. Like we're good for. Yeah. Well, and I I think there's a there's a sense. I one thing I saw a lot this year, and I don't know how common this is, but a sense of like art is not competing, art is not competitive. Best of lists are a joke, kind of thing. And uh, I think I kind of get that from an artist perspective, maybe of like the way jealousy and being in a competition can maybe kind of consume you and make you do things that aren't in your best interest. Um, but I've even seen it from critics who are like, oh, I'm not ranking anything because that's a silly exercise. And like, there's some truth to that, right? Like saying, yeah, no, that. Emily Carroll's A Guest in the House is number one. And this other graphic novel I absolutely love is number eight. Like there's a certain meaninglessness to the distinction. Um, yeah. 
but I think that the important, like, the, I guess, like, in the ranking element, it's like, all right, fine, whatever. But in the in the terms of deciding what actually goes on the list, yeah, and curating and because I just I think taste matters, um, and I think like thinking deeply and and it doesn't mean my taste is always right, but I think finding critics whose taste you identify with is still incredibly useful. Um, I think there's there's a real like Twitter especially had this sort of democratization of everyone everyone's opinion is worth the same amount. <laughs> yeah. And sure. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways that's been incredible, you know, in terms of raising marginalized voices whose opinions may not have been out there otherwise. But I think it's also given people who have not put in the time and have horrible opinions and taste to have the feeling that they are just as that their takes are just as important. <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I actually think there's like, no, there's there's value in people who have no, like... No, you can be good in at the criticism, effort. right? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. A, like there is a skill set to like, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's not all... Because it's it's so funny. Like every time I'm like, what were, you know, what were your favorites? Trying to find somebody to recommend new things. And then these people will jump in and be like, well, comics suck, but Superman, Batman, <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's like, it's like yeah. yeah, I've heard of them. Thank you for the insight into this world of comics speaking of well, wait wait i got okay. one more i got uh, one yeah i got one to too. Say. this is not a 2023 comic but charlotte's gonna back me up here this year on extra issues uh they're not yeah, out in public that's yet, what i was gonna our, say okay our fantagraphics series which was really good everything we covered in fantagraphics was at least like very worth reading and talking about even if it didn't i didn't love it um but love and rockets yeah. has become one of my favorite things ever like not just comic books it's probably for sh i think i'm just gonna say it's my favorite comic book it's one of my favorite nice. books it's one of my favorite pieces of art <laughs> like i have bought it now twice i bought all the individual volumes and then i spent all my playstation 5 money that i had been saving up on this big <laughs> set of it. oh no I was I was this close to buying a PlayStation Five, and then I was like, no, I just gotta buy Love and Rockets again. <laughs> uh, I'm on my third read of it, like this year. Um, it's incredible. Those podcast episodes we did with Sarah Century are some of the, like the most fun I've had talking about comics with Charlotte and Sarah. No, I thought it was um, just uh, Charlotte and yourself. Nope, no, nope, we got Sarah back for all those. So okay, we, we had we had a problem with the first episode, but we re-recorded it. So okay um yep so both episodes now have sarah century on it because we did one episode on jaime's half one episode on gilbert's half so it's uh it's a challenging book for sure uh it has a steep barrier to entry uh just that it throws you in the deep end there's a lot of characters it jumps around in time but once you settle into it once you feel comfortable with the setting and the characters it just like it kind of just washes over you it's I don't know. It's it, it's not, nothing else is like it. It's uh, it's really incredible. But uh, so I encourage people check out Love and Rockets and check out those episodes we did yeah. on them for extra issues. Alrighty. Is that what you were gonna say, Charlotte? Just oh yeah, I was gonna say the thing I was gonna say is like oh Zach, we're forgetting. Oh, actual number one is the same for both of us, but we just read it for the podcast. It's Love and you Rockets. Know, you know what feels like a, a a miracle and a blessing, Charlotte, is that. Yeah. We've only read like half of what's out there for. Yeah, Rockets. I know, I know. It's <laughs> like, insane. I feel like I already have just like I will not just even be reading yeah. what we've read so many, and they're still doing it. Like they still put out issues of it. It's still yeah. ongoing. Yeah, I'm really um, sad. Yeah, it's I, incredible. I, last thing I wanted to say is, as for Marvel comics, I'm reading Immortal Thor is on a really good path right now, and I'm I'm loving where it's going. And yeah, I'm just really excited to to have one like 
actual comic I'm reading month to month and I'm loving every issue of it. Uh, that's like that's a great feeling and it's yeah. not something I I get often. So yeah, I'm I'm really really glad for Immortal Thor. Immortal Thor. That ties into a a question from a listener here. Uh, this is from Jack. What do you like about superhero comics specifically? Specifically, or specifically, oh, this was me. I I think. Oh, did I get the name wrong? Oh, apologies. I I thought it was Jack. What do you like about specifically about superhero comics? Like, what is it about superhero comics? Why Why are you asking this question? You know what? This is actually like we've been going for a while. Uh, Mm -hmm. We still have a bunch of stuff to cover, so maybe we put a pin in this and like bring it up later. I I think it's just interesting to like superhero comics are such a. Yeah, that's a whole episode, (laughs) right? Yeah, I think this is actually a topic for an entire variant coming up maybe we can put a pin in it but like the the dominance of superhero comics i think is uh interesting to talk about because you second i have to sneeze god bless during a recent episode of convincible uh dave you were like yeah but you don't love superhero comics yeah yeah right and it just got me kind of thinking about like yeah i don't like I Which right like now, Zach, super... right now, I would yeah. say I don't either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? You're, you're actually more down on them than I am, probably. But, like, is there something about superhero comics specifically, or is it just that they are the... Don- like, I, I keep thinking this when we were reading Marvel early on in the 60s, when, like, Jack and Stan are, like, crafting the Marvel Universe from nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're taking all these influences from before, but they really are creating something really new um with marvel and it's all very sci-fi flavored right there's like this real sci-fi bent to it yeah i just keep thinking like of the alternate universe where like sword conan the barbarian and sword and sorcery became the dominant players in comic Mm. books and it feels just as likely to me in tom king's rorschach it's uh it's pirate stories Right, right right so so, so it can't be superheroes so okay what's the genre well i think in tom king's in Alan Moore's Watchmen, it's pirate stories, you dingus. I think Tom thought of it first, Zach. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, that that idea of what, them becoming predominant, like, is there something special about superhero comics, or is it just... Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like, there is stuff I really like specifically about superhero comics. Well, no, we want to answer now, but no, let's keep it for a variance. Yeah, let's hold on, because I think... <laughs> it's a big will, question. Like, I think yeah. we can, can get... talk about that for 40 minutes. So. I will say, I think... When we have that conversation, I think that I think we've peaked. I think superhero mania peaked, mm-hmm. um, and I do think like a reality, not just like it's it's not just movies. I think everybody assumes like oh it's just going to be a movie thing. It's like no, this is going to impact comics as well. Like everyone went so superhero heavy for so long, like nothing just stays the most popular thing forever. <laughs> you know right what are you like, talking about the western western, <laughs> the western baby film. yeah no <laughs> i know but it's like it's an obvious comparison it's a thing that makes sense i think logically but when you're living through it you don't quite see like how natural a declining arc is going to be for it you know and it th- i'm not talking death of stuff here right like comics are going to keep getting made and they're going to keep being great um but the idea that this could just never struggle <laughs> that some people seem to to hold for it is pretty it's all cyclical i guess is the thing with super comics we have a lot of history to tell us this is very cyclical and we are on a downward trend which is fine it's, i mean it's not fine it's not fun but it's you know it's gonna happen um i do think too so we can maybe say this for next time but like what i like specifically is having an incredibly entertaining mythology that um that didn't require a lot of like heavy lifting on my part i guess would be the easiest way i could summarize sure. that like i went from yep. 
all literature all the time as like an English grad, right? Being like, okay, here's my James Joyce, here's my Kurt Vonnegut. And wait, wait, maybe Vonnegut's a bad example. It's actually not necessarily that hard reading. Um, but going from that to like, I just want to turn my brain off and read Age of Apocalypse. And then <laughs> sort of like connecting all the dots of the mythology and sort of this like, I, yeah, I don't even know. I guess just like the the sort of encyclopedia of it was pretty appealing to me. Sure. You know, I mean, it, it was like putting together a, an experience that I didn't have as a the kid. The same draw that people have with Lord of the Rings, big fantasy series, any kind of big sprawling. Yeah. Universe. I think that was a big part of it. There's something appealing to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll hold off on that. Uh, I want to talk about some best of the year. My best memes of the year. Get ready for it. Your best memes about the best, on a best podcast? Best memes of 2023. Mm. On a non-visual podcast. No, it's going to work. It's going to work fine. Uh-huh. Okay, best memes of the year. Uh, honorable mention. Shout out Baby Gronk, the Drip King, Riz that, Livy this that year. That was fun. That was fun. Yep, that was a great meme. Really <laughs> really loved the like glimpse into that, uh, that corner of the internet. Um <laughs> Probably my favorite meme this year was the NPC TikTok trend. Uh, I genuinely really liked it and thought it was really funny. Uh, do we do we know what we're talking? You guys know what I'm talking about here. I know yeah, what an NPC yeah. is, but I mean, I wouldn't know what TikTok. It, it's. A, <laughs> I can't believe I have to explain this. It was a trend where people would go live on TikTok, but they still do it. Uh, and you can, for like twenty cents, you can send someone a sticker on TikTok when they're live, and it will be a sticker of be like a emoji, ice cream, or a cowboy hat or something and then the people would stand there blank faced and they would react in like canned ways and they would do it for hours and hours Charlotte, back me up here i'm not crazy <laughs> i feel like explaining yeah, it out loud it's a thing appealing. it's a thing anyway it, it was i kind of just appreciated that it spun out of nothing and it's just kind so of like big. a brand of an asmr that's basically yeah, what it sure. is. Okay. I mean, there's definitely like a sex thing for some. Also, <laughs> yeah, sure. There, there's a sex angle of to course. it, but you know what? You but watch. It's all the same is true for ASMR. So that the thing, like watching people who are really good at it. Uh, there's I can't remember his name, Glizzy King or something. The guy who would eat a million hot dogs. <laughs> Him, Pinky Doll, uh, are the ones who are great at it. You're like, oh my god, this is really impressive that you just sit here and do this for six hours, and there's something hypnotic about it. So I never ended up watching anyone do it for more than like 90 seconds at a time, but it just very it tickled me. And then probably the other best meme, it's that one with the goat and the cat, you know what I'm talking about? Where the goat goes, and the cat goes, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jack, sure, you, promised yeah, this, you promised this segment yeah, would work, and I can promise okay, it's pic- not. Picture this, picture this. The goat goes, and then the cat goes, uh, and then, you know, you label it like my calculus teacher trying to teach me numbers. And then me, huh? So they favorite album of the year? My favorite album <laughs> you know, of the year. Wait, what about your favorite memes this year? Tell no, me. we're not doing more memes. That was miserable. <laughs> 10, I told gex. Rose that I was going to do the that. The submarine year. was probably my favorite <laughs> meme of the year. I don't know. Oh God, I know the sub, the, the the submarine of like. I know it doesn't make sense, but I, I just know I could have survived that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That whole, like uh, that era of of Twitter was was great. <laughs> That's it. Okay. But yeah, no bad segment. Sorry, Shout so out, sorry, Lord, Zach. <laughs> no, I, it's fine. I I told Rose last night. I'm like, I'm gonna really. 
drive Dave insane by talking about uh, memes out loud. Successful. Successfully Dave, what do you have for music? You listen to some music this year? You listen to any new tunes? My top five favorite albums of the year. There we go. Number five, The Land, The Water, The Sky by Black Belt Eagle Scout. Number four, Life (laughs) Under the Gun by Military Gun. Number three, Red Moon and Venus by Kaliukas. Number two, Stop Scaring the Hoes, Zach. Stop with the meme talk. It's the only one that I've heard of. Or Number one, to. you've heard of this. 10,000 Gex, baby. That's crazy. From the Gex family. It's not Both crazy. Those, it's actually what? really celebrated. <laughs> those two albums. Yeah, Scare in the Hose, I've listened to a ton and been like, you know what? It's just not, just not my vibe. I don't get it. Or I do get it. I kind of can understand why that one's doing well. It's just didn't click with me. But uh, 10,000 Gex. I'm just kind of like... You can't understand just... it. Is that so? No, I like their last stuff. Wait, I really like their last album, 1000 Gex. I thought it was great. And then this one, I was like, oh, they're playing it safe now. They're just... They You're on the edge. they've sold out train. Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. No, but it's I the best it. album they're, of the year. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, Charlotte, what were the best songs on TikTok this year? Uh, I don't know. Um, um, I, I have like my favorite... <laughs> I'm using. I don't have Spotify. I have Deezer, um, and no, it's still not a Deezer nuts Deezer joke. Nuts. Nope. Um, <laughs> but like, I have my like. I didn't. Here's the thing. Once again, I don't really listen to a full albums. Like that's not a thing I do. Um, but I can tell you who my fav- five favorite artists, my five top artists of the year yeah. were. Yeah. Um, number. F- I'm gonna start with number one because number one and two are not like surprising. It's my two favorite artists, and I talk about them every year. Uh, number one is Cape Town. Number two is Dodi. They're my two favorite artists, uh, like musical artists, um, and some of the only people I've seen in concerts. So yeah, great, love them. Um, number three is Ashniko. I don't know if either of you know who that is. No. Nope. Um, she's uh, she's American. She does like pop punk. I guess would be the the closest thing I could I could describe. Uh, she has like really kind of post post apocalyptic uh, aesthetic to to her clips and and like her concerts. Um <clears throat> and uh and my significant other went to to one of her concerts uh, and it, she's like one of of their favorite uh, of their favorite artists um so like I I listened to the album out of curiosity and it ended up being one of my favorite albums oh my by default my favorite album because I don't listen to albums but like I'm gonna check I this did out. actually listen to that one yeah, like her like again, looking again. at all her influences and they all look really they're like stuff I really like so yeah yeah Ashnika's really cool. Um, number four is Daniel Pemberton, but just because I listened to the soundtrack to, to Spider-Verse a bunch while writing my, my thesis. <laughs> okay. Um, and then number five, I don't know if either of you guys who knew, knew who that is. Tom Cardi is like a guy who does, uh, like short songs on YouTube and on TikTok. Um, but like, I don't even know how, I'm, I'm not good at describing musical style, but like electro, I guess, and like kind of remixes. Um, yeah. but just like. Funny songs. He has a f- song that's just like Jurassic. That's just called Jurassic Park, where Tom he describes Hardy, every like, Jurassic Park movie and like up to creating new hypothetical like dumb ones, like just like become dumber and dumber with each one. I'm describing this really, really bad, and I feel like I'm describing one of Zach's meme memes. <laughs> but like it, it's just like really just funny songs, but that are also like musically like the 
interesting. Just like I love listening to them just on the musical level, even like not listening to the to the jokes. But it's also like quite funny. Well, you're uh, bearing the lead th- that he does an impression of Tom Hardy doing Cardi yeah. B, <laughs> right? So it's it's Tom <laughs> Hardy doing Cardi. Yep. Um, and it's it's he, a spot on. He impression. does no, he doesn't look like Tom Hardy, but he doesn't look that far away from Tom Hardy. But um, he does look like Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> he does look. He, it's just Cardi B's twin brother. Um, no, he like so Tom Cardi, really really fun uh, videos. He has one like describing the plot of Lord of the Rings. That's also really fun. Um, and one of his one of his Charlie, songs. This uh, sounds like nonsense. <laughs> I know. At least I, know. I knew he, I was waiting into. How dare it's you? It's just that a guy doing funny songs. Look, I, what do you want to say? I was winking when I did my whole segment. <laughs> He's he does like funny kind of absurd humor songs. So what what do you want me to say? It's kind of dumb, but it's funny. And it's <laughs> what like do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want? I'm walking here. Um, yeah, Tom Cuddy, really fun. That's my Zach, uh, Mister. I'm too cool for scaring the hose. Mister. Ten thousand gex stinks. What do you got? I'm I'm not trashing the I'm scaring the hose album. I'm only trashing ten thousand gex. Uh, Young fathers, heavy heavy, good little. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of. Yeah, I like that record. Yeah, indie electronic rock. I don't. I have no idea. It's not rock. It's kind of poppy-ish. I have no idea. Anyway, Caroline Polachek's uh, "Desire." I want to turn into you. Kind of a straight pop album uh, by her. This was probably the one. And then the Jawan soundtrack. I listened to a lot of Ro- Rosanite soundtrack. because of Jawan. We've been listening to. I've been watching a lot of uh, Indian movies, and then a lot of them have songs. Zach, so I have a, a question playlist. for you. Yeah. So the the two Bollywood movies you recommended, RRR yeah. and Jawan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved RRR so much. Yep. And I noticed it there, but I noticed it again in Jawan. The lyrics, as uh, subtitled, are like incredibly... Like, off topic? <laughs> off topic. And like, they're like super heartfelt, yet incredibly simple. Uh, yep. Is that just kind of the tradition of I Bollywood? No or is it a I translation thing? I have no idea. I can't. I can't speak to it. You don't know. Okay. I just you've watched more of them than I have. I'm sure. So I just wondered if I was. Yeah. 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 We've been we've been watching thing. a bunch, but no, I don't. I don't know that much. What the like? <laughs> yeah. Like the we'll talk about it a little bit. But the Jawan immediately starts a song like in a women's prison, surrounded by women. But the song is like talking about what it takes to be a man. <laughs> you gotta be. Like, it's you just, gotta be a man to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. It's very unrelated. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Here's a. Uh, here's. Some other of my favorite things this year, because you know what? Hang on, you don't get to you don't get to pick the segment anymore. <laughs> You've lost okay. that privilege. <laughs> That's right. You want to do another question? <laughs> well, let's uh, let's do one listener question, then let's do Juwan, because I know you you want to talk about it. Um, okay, I don't think we can do too much Christmas stuff, because Charlotte. I mean, we, we might can be do Christmas. We stuff, might be introducing find... you to, yeah, to go Christmas ahead. every time we yeah, do go ahead, go ahead. Variant covers. Um, Isabel asks. Here's a good one. Isabel asks. This is a really complicated question. If your gender was a Marvel character, who would it be? Can I can I go first on this one? Yes, I have please. A really clear answer. I thought about this. No one else is gonna have the same answer. It's clearly Loki. My gender is Loki gender, and I just think that's gonna make me stand out from the crowd. Charlotte, you think it's gonna make you stand out, or you feel like it's an accurate answer, or you just think that's a cool uh, answer? No, it's really cool. And no, he's just making fun of me, Dave. <laughs> I just want to know what Charlotte wants. How dare you now. steal Loki from Charlotte? How dare you? <laughs> Charlotte, what's your uh, how dare you? gender? Um, I was literally... I So let me say what I was going to say. And <laughs> quiet down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say Loki is too easy and too obvious, so I have to find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the accurate answer is 
Loki, but like Loki <laughs> specifically in like post uh, post Secret Wars Loki, like Loki in Defenders Beyond and Immortal Thor. Um, but otherwise, going specific I, era of Loki, that's cool. That's real yeah. cool. I mean, but there are like so many different eras of Loki that are so different that like <laughs> I need to, spec- to be specific on that one because like sixties Kirby uh, Loki yeah, isn't right. my gender. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Oh, I just had one. Uh, uh, Pirates, uh, Marauders era, Kate Pride is mm. is oh, close. Okay. Is pretty close. That's a nice um, pick. I th- yeah, I think that's it. I think the I, I have is, a... yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> no, honestly. I think my answer is Kate Pride from from Marauders, like a, a Red Queen. It's a little era. aspirational. I can't picture you getting uh, impromptu tattoos on your knuckles, but <laughs> fair uh, enough. <laughs> but I, I can also say my my I can I can 100% see Charlotte getting cool tats uh-huh. smooching the tattoo artist and <laughs> jumping through a portal. I can see it. And then never addressing my sexuality ever again. <laughs> this is Marvel Comics. <laughs> Thanks Joe Duggan. Exactly. <laughs> I'm uh my my real answer is 80s Tigra. Uh she kind of just likes chilling out, being hot. Mm-hmm. Um like enjoys that she's getting paid a lot of money is do you have a do you have a medical condition that when a question is asked that (laughs) fetish is just inserted into the question this is about this is not a fetish answer it's true i mean this this one's true just kind of uh she's just i was honestly i was like who is kind of like just likes hanging out is like happy to be there yeah and is kind of like cracking wise from the corner but is not (laughs) an annoying you know rick jones type okay I thought it was yeah i kind of like her energy that i mean i do i am attracted to like tigra's energy in that run with her like flirting with uh the butler what's his name jarvis um, jarvis jarvis thank you i kept thinking jenkins um jarvis uh i i think like she's just very fun and relatable there uh and you think you your know? gender is fun and relatable <laughs> yeah yeah that's it okay. and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm literally sitting in my underwear recording this right now <laughs> Yeah, you guys. No, so. I, you know I, what? I, I That's convincing me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that part is, feels like yeah, that's you, true. That's okay. a good point. That does make it. That's very Tiger. Uh, okay, I have a, I have a hard time with this, thinking of the character that fits. Um, but I feel like mine is probably Winter Soldier era Bucky Barnes. Um, I think <laughs> that's okay. Cold, methodical killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, often, I, often confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like gender can be confusing. No, I get I that. Think. The hair, um, the hair, very, is very masculine mm-hmm. uh, elements, but I think also maybe more feminine traits than people expect, based mm-hmm. on a certain masculine presentation initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be very clear, I. I've identified as a straight white male for a long time, and I don't want to claim any queerness that is not mine to claim. Uh, but I, I feel like that's kind of my thing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm Tigra. That's the, I'm, I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not putting any caveats on mine. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm exactly. Can I, can I assign you uh, Marvel genders? Sure. Yes, yeah. please. Without any explanations? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet Van Dyne for Zach and not evil Hank McCoy for, for Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> pretty, okay. pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I accept it. I accept. Nice. <laughs> Do you no accept notes. Dave? No, yeah, no notes. I, I, nice. I listen, hearing Hank at this point, it makes me, it's, I'm on edge, but you did cl- clarify. I, I, I clarified it. Non-evil, I clarified so it. I, I know what you're going for. Yeah. 
Um, nice. It totally um, works. <laughs> before, before we talk about Juwan, I do have three things from my best of 2023 I would like to talk about briefly. Mm-hmm. One, veggie soup. 2023 was a big year for veggie soup for veggie me. Veggie soup. What's, like what all kind of soup is Campbell's there? homemade? What are we talking? Homemade veggie soup. I watched a Old YouTube soup video. is veggie soup. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except for the oh, no. soup that has beef in it. Uh, or, then it's or, beef or chicken soup. noodle. That's bro, 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 bro. What's the name? Broth. I don't. Broth. Thank you. Broth. Brew. <laughs> Brew. <laughs> no, that's um, broth. That's not soup. What if it has big chunks of beef in it? Then it's beef soup. This is what like breakfast saying? sandwiches all over that's again. That's just broth. Oh, my God. Soup is veggie soup. I almost, Charlotte, for your Christmas is, present this year, I almost sent you a big bag of frozen breakfast sandwiches, <laughs> American <laughs> style, but I realized sending something nice. frozen like that was basically impossible. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But that's what want I wanted to. Out. Dave, thank you for an extremely funny Christmas present. Uh, Dave bought me the Snowblind issue of Alpha Flight in jigsaw puzzle form, which is really <laughs> funny. Uh, a pure white, like almost entirely pure white jigsaw puzzle. It is, we... Pulled it out the other day. It is impossible. <laughs> I would um, lose yeah. my mind trying to do it a puzzle, re- but I know you had mentioned you and Rose like challenging We've puzzles. We've been doing a lot of puzzles, so yeah, thank I you. I could it not very, find a better one than that. It really, really cracked me up. Um, no, Veggie Soup. I watched a YouTube video by a cook named Adam Ragusia, who was like, here's how you make the perfect veggie soup. And then he's like, jokingly setting you up to believe that he's going to, you know, walk you through these complicated steps. And mm-hmm. then he's like, no. Chop your vegetables into chunks, put it in water, and boil it. Add salt. Like, you're done. And he's like, we have to have the perfect balance of greens. and She's like, no, whatever you have in your fridge, throw it in a pot and boil it. Um, and I've been doing That's that. That's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, like, I really let go of that. Have We've you been never just... made veggie soup before? What is this? No, I've made veggie soup, but I really have okay. been embraced, like, whatever we have. So it will just be like, oh, I've got yeah, it's just a the ton way you of do squash it. and this some black beans and kale, and it's all going in the soup. And then this week, I've got onions and tomatoes and, you know, just kind of like you can throw anything in a veggie soup. It's good. Yeah. I've been making a lot of veggie <laughs> soup. Uh, okay. I don't know. Is this a revelation? It feels like you're learning that, like, you can put anything on toast. <laughs> <laughs> do you, how often do you cook veggie soup, Charlotte? Because I cook it. Every week now, I make a <laughs> not every week, but soup. I've I've cooked a lot of veggie soup in my time okay, in well, my days. You never told me about it. You should have clued. We're me gonna in. have to listen. This is a competition now. We're gonna have to put up a whiteboard and start tallying the amount of days you make veggie soup. Okay, veggie soup <laughs> is one of my top things of 2023. One of my other things, I'm gonna go into a little ad. I got a Peloton. Been working out on that a lot. The Peloton bike's incredible. You can go rent one for like 45 bucks a month and then buy it if you like it. Totally recommend it. I've already talked one friend into it. Uh, ask me more questions in Slack if you want to know about it. I'm like a full-on advocate of the Peloton bike. It's incredible. And you are, this is uh, a personal sponsorship. They're sponsoring Zach Dean. They're not wish. sponsoring My Marvelous Year, sadly. <laughs> yes, yeah. This is a little sidebar where I get money. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the third thing I'm going to recommend is wrestling. I want to talk about this extremely briefly. Dave. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, a yes, revelation. Yes, I will wrestle you. Name the place. Name the time. <laughs> I will we went to go see an AEW pay-per-view in theaters a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. um, Rose and I. And Rose, who's not that into wrestling, but kind of likes it. And she was screaming louder than anyone in the theater. Incredible. We also snuck in a three-liter bag of wine <laughs> into the theater. <laughs> Even better. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, and I had a thought during it. One of the things in wrestling is... 
you occasionally get like half hour, 40 minute matches, right? Um, and for some of those half hour, 40 minute matches, you're like, oh my God, like, please just end. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just so dull. I'm not bought into this. I'm, I'm not invested at all. I wish this would end. But on those rare occasions where it just works and you feel like every time they go for the pin and then the guy kicks out of it, you have this feeling of like, oh my God, like, how is he still going? How are they still on their feet? And they're fighting. They're covered in blood. They look like they're barely uh, conscious and they just keep fighting. And I had the thought of like, this is that same thing in superhero comics that you and I have talked about, like really loving when a comic can really tap into that, like, you know, they are at the end of their rope and they still, they just dig deep and they find that last little bit of, uh, you know, willpower to fight on. Mm-hmm. Like, the best wrestling matches evoke that same exact thing where you're like, I can't believe... And, you know, it's all... They're just... I mean, they are exhausted and they are physically, you know, tired and fighting it. But it also is like, if they can sell that, and you can feel like, you know... The, the scripted end hasn't come yet, but you still are like, I can't believe they're still fighting, even though, clearly, they're just, you know, waiting till the designated end of the match. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just had that thought because you and I have talked about that a bunch. Like, especially, you know, we talked about the the classic Spider-Man scene, if this be my destiny. And, right, right. You know, you, you talked about, you know, later Fantastic Four stuff doing this. Spider-Man does that a lot. And I was like, it's that same feeling, you know? So, yeah. Okay, anyway, I love it. I like, that, I like that connection because you hear the wrestling comics connection all the time. And yeah. I think a lot of times it's that surface level, like, strongman performing acts of heroism simplicity. But that is a as an entertainment value is like everything you're saying there, you could have been talking about comics and the way runs go for, you know, stretches where you're like, when will this end? And then it, you know, and then it comes back and it sticks the landing. Right. And it's, it's total, total one-to-one. It's also, I mean, I think maybe some of the shared affection is that same thing with superhero comics where you're like, I'm deep in the lore. These two have had a rivalry for yeah, seven yeah. years. They've traded the belt three times, and then, like, but this time he was betrayed by this. You know, you, you get that history, and you feel like you're building up that, that lore. I have, mm-hmm. I started, I don't know how long ago I started watching wrestling. It's been probably a year. But I started in September 1995, and I am in January 1996, so I'm moving slowly, but uh, I'm still watching it consistently. It is funny and then, how close oh, you are kind of to the My Marvelous Year landscape. Like, your My Wrestling Year would be such a natural spinoff that we've never once considered. Oh, well, just to throw, <laughs> <laughs> to throw it out there, someone in our Slack has created a My Wrestling Year. Literally, they called it the My Wrestling Year, like, essentials yeah, yeah. list, going from, like, 85 to 2001. Oh, that's like great. The 10, the 10 best matches. So if you want to join the Slack... Are they casting? The or are they just... Are you all just watching as a club? No, no one's actually doing it. He just threw it together. If we wanted to, um, like... Just for kick. Actually, be popular. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's a fun idea. Maybe we do that. Um, and then the the final thing from 2023 that I really want to plug is uh, semen retention. Uh, <laughs> it has really boosted my power, my uh, my focus, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my drive at work. I've just been really you know killing it this year. Now you've been um, taking the uh, it's the boar testicle supplements, right? <laughs> oh my god! I YouTube has decided that no matter how much I skip the ad, how much I never watch more than half a second of it, I get the Joe Rogan like 
I never do a podcast or an appearance without first taking Alpha Brain. Yeah. Like, ad. I have gotten that ad a hundred times, and it insists that I want to take Alpha Brain, <laughs> just like Joe Rogan, uh, before every podcast. Yeah. But you know what? I don't need to, because... Uh, well, that's why we're always show. clashing, is because yeah. we both take Alpha Brain, and now you got two Alphas <laughs> going up against each and other. And Charlotte, meanwhile, is just mainlining Beta Brain. Uh, poor Charlotte, uh-huh. caught in the middle. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> Okay, wow. those are so, all my So far, you've called things. Charlotte uh, replaceable. You called her beta brain. <laughs> Zach, you've got a big apology coming at, in notes. I want to see your notes apology published on social at the <laughs> Sorry, end of this. And, uh, and there it is. Okay. Yes, I'm going to cancel you. Yes, please do. Do you have any <laughs> non-media things that you uh, this year, Charlotte, that were big for you this year? Ooh. <laughs> just like, uh, just like you know, it could be as simple as vegetable soup, for example. Yeah. I said estrogen, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, estrogen. Yeah, I'm on hormones. That's that's a yeah. that's a thing. That's cool. Big, big uh, recommendation for estrogen. Love it. <laughs> big recommendation, yeah, for everyone. Um, <laughs> it's gonna no, be yeah, enforced it, soon. Uh, yep. So you might as well just uh, get it's gonna be mandatory. So get ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I think that's probably my yeah. I'd recommend bigly. Bigly. <laughs> what, <laughs> what the hell did I just say? You can run for um, office here. Amazing. Oh no! You know what? I've been getting a lot into like listening and watching D and D stuff. I've watched a lot of Dimension Twenty uh, on Dropout, and also like Dropout in general is so fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Go watch like Game Changer is like an incredibly fun TV sh- like what's like TV game show. It's a game show, yeah, yeah. Um, like th- the kind of thing like. Game shows, I hate watching that on TV. Like, TV game shows just make me cringe in ways that I absolutely hate and can't watch. Dropout is great. Like, it's doing similar, like, concepts, but in a way that is just, like, fun and, like, with people that, like, actually like each other behind the scenes. Uh, like, it's just, it's just I think really, that's really fun. The, that's a little of the key, the parasocial yeah. aspect. Yeah, Dropout. kind of. Is like, there's a cast it, of people that you like learn to 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 like and like have fun with and and you, it drops the veneer of like this is serious business that these people are winning real money and yeah you know some like it's generally like it's often for goofs or when they win a prize it's kind of like oh like they're just getting paid to be on the show right they're yeah. getting paid like actors get paid uh and then sometimes they win little prizes yeah. and stuff but um, yeah and yeah. then Drop, uh dropouts Ru- yeah, Dropout is really, really good. Uh, and then uh, Root Tales of Magic, which is like one of my favorite uh, D&D podcasts, just ended their first uh, campaign and immediately started the next one, which is like just really, really fun and is like has nothing to do with the first one. It is like, um, it's, it's the same vibes of like having fun and goofing around and like random absurd shit, um, but like in a diff- completely different like uh, setting. Um, and it's it's really fun. It's it's already really really fun, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I hope they can get to the same point they got uh, with the first campaign because like I really love that that show, and yeah, one of my favorites uh, might be my favorite podcast to listen to. So yeah, cool. I like that show. My biggest new thing this year that I've gotten into and have enjoyed greatly that I did not see coming is the Pokemon trading card game. Oh wow! Know. I do not know that I've ever talked about this. No, you certainly have not. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my son, yeah, in school, like the big thing, the big craze is Pokemon. So he's getting into Pokey. Wow, and... I feel like I'm having flashbacks to my childhood. <laughs> totally. Uh, do you, I 
I, you know, seventh grade, I remember specifically Breaking Bad Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was a little younger than that. Definitely when it I think first came to the states and became a craze. But so like you know, so like the back half of elementary school, Pokemon. No, like that's not true. You're out of your mind. Pokemon on. trading card game didn't exist till like 1998. No, it was like 95, 96. No, it didn't. I don't even think Pokemon existed in 1995. Well, they, they definitely did exist then. I've seen the date. Listen, Zach, I've been looking at a lot of Pokemon cards. <laughs> okay, right. uh, maybe they weren't published in America. Maybe maybe they came to the The States first Pokemon game that existed came out in 1996. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, that's, oh, okay. oh. that's what I said. Oh, um, perfect. Okay. So, <laughs> so exactly aligned. Uh, but no, so I remember getting into it, right? And I had a, a collection of cards, and I, you know, I didn't really think about it again until, yeah, this year. Like my son's super into Pokemon, and so we like got to like get all my old cards and check them out. And he's been building his own collection. And there's an app, um, the Pokemon Trading Card Game app, that I don't know that it's like especially good, but it you can play the game fast and build decks just digitally, which obviously is faster and not as complicated as building them real in the real world. Um, which is fun to do, but long story short, played that up a fair amount <laughs> this year. Uh, enjoyed it greatly. I would kind of alternate between Marvel Snap Binges and Pokemon, the trading card game. And uh, also, like, you know, we got, like, battle decks and playing with the actual physical cards and a board and stuff. And there was a night this year, summer vacation. We're having a great time with the kids. We do a couple battles with them during the day. My wife and I are sitting there at, like, 9 p.m. Kids are in bed. We got the place to ourselves. We sat down for a Pokemon battle. <laughs> we, yeah. we sat Hell down yeah. and played some Pokey. Uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to get back into and just see like, oh yeah, like every every year there's like a new batch of like Pokemon waves and like the newest game is Scarlet and Violet, which you know don't tell the don't tell the kids, but we're getting that for Christmas this year. And it's it's really fun to go back and explore. There are so many more Pokemon if you haven't played from from 1996 until. Uh, 2023, boy, have they expanded the catalog. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty caught up, and it's been a good the, time. It's a fun it card game, be, I have to say. Like, I just, I it used to be a disaster it. of a card game. Like, Did it? In the late 90s, when it premiered, uh, into the 2000s. Because I, I, I never played it as an actual game at that time. Yeah, I never yeah, yeah. tried, really, the real Well, because if you tried, it was extremely broken. Like, okay. they didn't expect it to be like Magic the Gathering level of competition. Like even yeah. the uh, do you ever play the Game Boy Color Pokemon trading card adaptation? No, see I only I only would have ever played the, you know, the the video games where you're catching them. Mm. Yeah. Or even yeah, like I did Pokemon the... Stadium on GameCube and like there was Pokemon Snap, yeah. remember that where you just took pictures of them? Ooh, Snap's good. Snap's yeah. Fun. Um yeah, yeah. I <laughs> here's here's a little childhood memory. I was obsessed with Pokemon as a kid and oh, yeah? I Oh yeah, yeah, I was nuts about it. Um I have never prayed for anything more earnestly and with <laughs> more of my heart yeah. than that I would wake up and that God would give me a Pokemon. <laughs> that is amazing. I, <laughs> I have distinct memories of me being like 11 years old and just like fervently praying in bed. And I, I remember even being like, I don't even care if it's just a Pidgey, just give me a p- which is just a, pi- which is just a Pidgey. Just a like, Pidgey, yeah. I was like, I don't care what it is. I just want a real Pokemon so bad. Oh, that is so um, sweet. Yeah, yeah, I used to love them. Amazing. Okay, well, I mean, Zach, clearly I should have brought this up sooner. Now, yeah. could have been, we could have been oh, zooming, and no, you could I'm, be sharing your Pokemon collection I'm 36 now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah I'm you're so into, into, I'm into veggie soups now. I'm not into <laughs> veggie being, soup. And now he's playing Digimon like a big boy. I never got into, <laughs> I never got into Digimon either. I did, I mentioned this on, I think, Twitter once. 
And somebody in there who I, I like was like, oh, man, Magic the Gathering is so much better. Or like, you know, yeah, try to get into it and like Magic is so much better. And I'm like, that's that's fine. I, I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. I don't care to play Magic. I like Pokemon, too. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, do yeah. this with them. Uh, it, you know what, too? Like for kids, a lot of math, a lot of quick just kind of like rule following and like just logic problems and things in the game. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good like, I mean, listen, is it the best educational tool of all time? I think it might yes. be. I think it might yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. So that's my new thing. I'm a Pokemon cool. guy now. Yeah. Wow, what a surprise. Didn't, yeah. Didn't, didn't expect that. <laughs> I feel like it's it's been such a big part of my year, and it's funny how little I've talked about it, I realize now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, good times. Good times. Uh, want to talk about Juwan real quick? Do you want to do Juwan now? Speaking <laughs> of good times, let's do a little Juwan. Zach, why did you want us to watch Juwan so badly, and what did you think uh, we would take away from it? quick summary of Jawan. it's about at its uh, it kind of shifts tones a little bit but for the first uh, half two-thirds it's largely about a guy with a crack team of female prisoners slash uh super agents um fighting social injustice uh and mm-hmm. fighting the worst, you know, crony capitalism and corruption in society. So, you know, uh, farmers being uh, so farmers being exploited with uh, high interest debts and driven to suicide. Being, uh, yeah, right. Which is a real, actual. Pro- these are all real problems in the mm-hmm. movie. Like it talks about the real number of you know farmers who commit suicide because of debt. Uh, the hospitals being underfunded and kids being di- dying because of. Uh, you know, like bribes not being paid, et cetera, to yeah. hospitals and the private uh, founders of these. Uh, what else? Like, lax regulation because of bribery, whatever. Different societal issues in there. Fighting these, and it's very... Here's here's the thing about Juwan that I kept thinking Hollywood <laughs> could take a, a, a note from this. It is achingly, achingly earnest mm-hmm. about just being like... It, <laughs> It ends with the the main character looking into the camera and being like, please vote. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Being like, you spend five minutes delivering about, you know, what, uh, I can't remember what he says, like, which brand of cereal you're going to get. But you don't spend five minutes learning about the candidates that you're going to vote for that impact your life. It it wears its uh, message on its sleeve a lot, but it does it with such a big heartedness. The main character often does these little speeches with tears running down his face about the plight of the the poor working man. And I just couldn't stop thinking about Superman throughout this movie mm. in that uh, how much, like, a Superman movie that just leans into him. fight Like, it, the 1940s-style Superman who would just go and fight, like, the, clan. the bosses at the... Yeah, the clan or the boss at the factory who was making unsafe working conditions and he would just go beat up the boss. Yeah. Um... That kind of thing, I, I think that would kill. I think that would be great. And also just tap into the spirit of Superman. And then also the other side of Juwan that I love, it kind of approaches the main characters. Um, I don't want to get into too much who the main characters are because there's a little bit of a twist. But <laughs> huge, the main guy... Huge twist. That a I found very confusing, confusing and big <laughs> twist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a big twist. Uh, but it treats the 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 hero at the center of the movie as if you have known this man your whole life and he's an <laughs> icon of culture yeah. like batman like 
there are many <laughs> there's a scene at the end of the movie where uh SRK the the young the young man SRK is in the middle of an action scene with his partner and he just all of a sudden drops out of the scene like he just vanishes while the other the other guy fights the villain and then the villain is almost about to kill the the one guy and then we get a hero's entrance as he just walks back in the door <laughs> there's no like he just left and now we get like the slow motion entry yeah. entrance of him coming back in that kind of um it's tough to balance but that kind of like hyping up of your character i think i i could use a little more of that like i feel like it's the opposite of being like a little cynical about these properties mm -hmm. and being like oh well you know superhero stuff like you can't celebrate it too much but it's just like jawan gave me the especially the second time i watched this movie it gave me the feeling of captain america getting thor's hammer throughout the whole thing and it didn't have to do like 23 movies mm. to build up to just being like hell yeah this is the big moment of hype for the hero to do something extremely awesome uh it's yeah. it's kind of like John Wick in a sense of like it's yeah. the coolest guy you've ever seen doing the coolest things you've ever seen, um, yeah. and like the way it's shot and edited really like emphasizes that in every single scene, every single fight, every every single discussion thing, he's just the coolest guy you've ever seen, and somehow that doesn't get exhausting, which is like yeah. quite impressive. Um, yeah, it's 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 really really fun, and I do see it's. The, that earnestness is missing from, I think, yeah, like, I mean, exactly like you said, like, from super movies who are, like, ashamed of being super movies in a mm. lot, of, not always, but, like, in a lot of cases. And but this not is just embracing like, it this much. <laughs> yeah, this is just, like, so unashamed of being what it is, which is, like, big blockbuster with musical numbers and, and gunfights, and uh, it's just so fun and so dumb, but, like, in a fun way. Like it's it's dumb them in a way where I'm like oh that's that's kind of a dumb decision like just like yeah I don't care like I'm not trying to find some logic here um it's it's just perfect I mean, it's not perfect but it's it's just really really I, fun I mean and, it, yeah. if I have a big criticism of it it's that the uh, all the female characters in their whole arc drops yeah. off in the second half uh, I think that kind of stinks that's that's my biggest uh, critique of it but like it has so many. Yeah, it has so many, like, hype moments, you know? Like, I guess that's the, the key behind it, the, the soundtrack. Like, he has musical cues, and you, like, learn his themes. And when you hear the, like, you know, that little whistle for his yeah. uh, his theme song coming in. And, and there's a ton of stuff that's really smart while being silly, like the scene on the highway. It's a big action scene on the highway where they take down this convoy. Um, and i noticed the first time watching it i was like oh all of the things that they're doing to take down this convoy of like the rich man's money are like guerrilla warfare tactics that like common everyday people could use kind of stuff like they unleash a, just a big sheet <laughs> over the truck they throw eggs all over it they um use molotovs uh it's all like i think very deliberately you know kind of a proletariat <laughs> angle to the action yeah um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little touches to this movie. I think it's uh, kind of works. It's all anchored by SRK. I think his performance is really funny. His performance. The way, the really way I, I described, uh, what, like I don't know SRK at all. Like I've yeah. I've seen very little uh, Indian movies, uh, but like the vibe I get from him is what if Tom Cruise didn't seem like a big oh weirdo? My God. 
I want him to be in a Mission Impossible. He doesn't. He has not done an American movie. A couple yeah. of these like huge Bollywood stars have come over and done, like um, I'm pretty sure Deepika Padukone, who plays the mother. Uh, I think she was in like a Triple X movie. Which is, you know, yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, SRK doesn't. And also, this is new for him to do the um, the action thing. I think the action pivot is a pretty new thing um, in his career. We've watched a bunch of, like, rom-coms of him in, like, the 90s and early 2000s and, like, serious dramas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get the same vibe from him. I don't know if he does his own stunts and everything, but you kind of get that feeling from him. He's just kind of yeah. this older guy um, who's, who's doing it. Did you have this thing the first time? Now I know who SRK is and I, uh, like, know what he looks like. I know what age he is now. But, you know, we do see him older and younger. Did you know when you were watching this if the younger version was made up to look if he was an older guy made to look younger or if he was a younger guy made to look no older? i knew like i knew about him so i vaguely knew what age he was so i knew like he mostly looks like the younger version but like in that tom cruise way of like i know you're not in your 30s but like your character is supposed to be so i'm gonna be fine with that yeah um yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean he's 58 years old but my wife also is... my wife walked down not watching with me and yeah. immediately jumps in to say, oh, he's too old for her. And that was about the young one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, apparently yeah. wasn't pretty, pulling it off. Pretty, he, he sometimes, yeah, well, this one. No, there, there's another one we saw, um, Om Shanti Om, where he's playing, he's like 40 years old and he's playing like a 20-year-old. And it like mostly works. Mm. Um, it's, so it's I, wild. I definitely am not as high on this as either of you. Um, right, I like to R, I liked RR yeah. a lot more. Like a lot more, I think narratively. Still it haven't seen our... is a lot tighter, um, and I was way more invested, like on a character level. Uh, the things this does well, it does very well. I I think the stuff I would take away from like a can superhero movies learn angle would be Zach, what you led with, which is it's okay to have a point, <laughs> like it's okay to have something to say, um, and to be earnest about it, you know. And I think there is, in the culture of the way superhero movies have been made so far, there's a real fear to be this open about things, you know, and what the backlash would be and how it's going to upset people or how, you know, it'll be viewed as bad storytelling if you're so ham-fisted about it. I mean, this movie is is literal monologue and diatribe and, like, reading fact sheets at times, you know, and, and about just problems. And out, like, not... Not subtle, no, yeah, it's not subtle, and it's also not like here are some you know unknown small time issues, right? Like, it, it is not trying to make some like uh, it, it's very populist in that it's just like here's stuff we all agree on that rich people uh making kids die in hospitals is bad, <laughs> like it's not teaching anyone anything new, it's just you know, well, and I'd imagine hammered. within India, like you know, if you're in the political scene. Um, yeah. This stuff is more controversial, and this stuff is more weighed down in debates. And what what Juwan is good at, I think, from someone who, for me, for someone who doesn't know their landscape, is just saying like, at the on the broadest level, you know, here's what is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the end result: is a farmer is driven to suicide. Here's the end result: is um, all these kids died because they didn't have the right equipment. And like, there's some real heartbreaking scenes. As they, I mean, this movie tonally is just chaotic, right? It's absolutely all over the place. It yeah. is every kind of movie all in three hours. Um, but when it does the 
the heartbreak stuff, it works. It's it's heavy. Yeah. Um, and it's also like very socially conscious and making a point. And the point is the people living in the country are the ones who are suffering at the hands of corrupt politicians. Again, I don't, I'm sure like probably you get a similar level of like, I'm on this side or I'm on this side, you know, kind of like certainly in American politics, that's how a movie like, like if you do the Superman version of this, right. And mm-hmm. you portray an issue as super obvious and you're earnest and open-hearted about it, you will still have 42% of the country screaming at you or whatever it is, right? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. It will get slotted into a political sphere. And I think that's kind of a thing where I'm, I was sort of able to cast that out of my brain because it's not a political scheme and a, a landscape that I know or understand anything about it being India. It's all stuff that on the surface, the way they present it makes perfect sense, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, how could yeah. you not be on this guy's side? Um so I, I love that it had a point, though. It did make me think, like, how many MCU movies have had a point at all? <laughs> like you know, yeah. that isn't just <laughs> entertainment, right? That isn't just make you smile, make you laugh. Um, and I like that about it. That's great. Uh, I do also, I mean, just the way they do action, like Bollywood between, again, the two I've seen, so hardly an expert. Um, there's a scene where a guy, the SRK, the guy you're talking about, who yeah. it's like he does a better Wolverine action move than I've ever seen Hugh Jackman do, which is slow motion, swallows the cigar in his mouth while he's fighting <sighs> Nine, gangsters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> headbutts a guy, pops the cigar back out, and then turns and takes out a guy behind him. I cackled. I replayed that like 10 times. I made my wife watch. She could not have cared less. It was so, <laughs> it was so exhilarating. Just small moments like that where like embracing that earnest goofiness. I One thing mm-hmm. I've noticed, is I definitely noticed it with Juwan, and I, something about uh, SRK's just persona and charisma made me think this too. There's kind of an anime energy, yeah. you know, to all this. Um, and it reminds me a lot of like the superhero versus manga debates that are kind of in the ether. And it's, it's that thing of just like, like Chainsaw Man is not a serious comic. Like Chainsaw Man is incredibly popular and it's held up as this example of like, how manga is better than superhero comics, but like it's not like it is. It's doing real things, right? It is like just way overboard all the time. And when you own that style and you own that tone, it can be mm-hmm. incredibly appealing. It can also alleviate some of the pressures of like realism or dealing with social issues. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Wrapping yeah, yeah. them in this just sort of like thing where you're like, I, you kind of just you're either along for the ride here for three hours. Or you're not willing. And if you're not willing, it's kind of on you. <laughs> like, the, the yeah. movie's committed. Um, but yeah, no, I found I found SRK incredibly charismatic. Uh, but I think, like, narratively, I didn't have much to cling on to. Um, I actually didn't really enjoy the story of Juwan, but I enjoyed the parts and the presentation, I yeah, think. Well, that's something. I'll take it. I'll oh, take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, again, like I said, it's, it's probably my favorite new movie this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I did like it more than Dungeons and Dragons, which is a movie I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that comparison to Chainsaw Man is, well, Chainsaw Man, I think, has a uh, earnestness when it comes to its characters. I think it takes its characters and their emotions very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they're all goofballs, I think it, like, takes that emotional core. And I think that can kind of carry it through. But, yeah, you know what, actually, Captain Marvel <laughs> oh, has a little bit of that uh, action movie like silliness that it leans into um i appreciate and i did still even see like oh well apparently like you can punch some one of my coworkers was complaining about captain marvel like they can get hit with a hammer 
you know, an atomic hammer as many times as possible. But if they get stabbed by rebar, they die, I guess. Like, <laughs> which I just thought was like, you just you gotta get on board, man. You know, like, <laughs> sure. yeah. what, a, what a silly little like nitpick. Well, that's, you know, if you, if you put this movie, right, if you put Juwan yeah. into the CinemaSins brain, you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, ah, well. you're done. Like, you're, you just, you have to If be you're willing. like some nerd who's just like, I walked into this movie expecting it to be about scroll creep peace accords. Uh, you know, you're <laughs> How be dare you? How dare you? What did Charlie do to you before this podcast? <laughs> my Sorry, goodness. I specifically didn't say that this wasn't one of my actual criticisms of the movie, but that's know, fine. I but I, I, I do know. kind of agree yeah. with Charlotte in that, like, it's, it is kind of a dumb movie. Um, but at the same time, I incredibly appreciated how it had, like, real points <laughs> to make yeah. about things that can and should be better. Like, I don't know. There's a confidence to do that. Um, and it, it's missing from our current landscape for sure. Right? You know, you you know? know who kind of does it? I don't like the movie. But Zack Snyder's Justice League is one of the closer movies to, like, just taking the superhero stuff really seriously. Uh, but it doesn't balance it very well at all, I think. Well, it doesn't you know, have a issues point with it. Yeah. In this, um, in this way. Yeah. But, like, like what is that is something I did appreciate. That, like, he is not... He doesn't seem embarrassed about, uh, you know, the superhero stuff. Uh, or, you know, it was... Um, that's an, watch, that's yeah. an interesting argument. Yeah. I don't know how well it holds up. He's uh, he's not ashamed of what he's doing with them, I guess. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. I, he, it feels ashamed of like the comics, the comics, right? But not of itself. Mm. If that yeah, makes maybe sense. that's maybe that's true. Maybe it's mm. not silly leading into like the silly comic book. Yeah, nature. Um, just to point it out, uh, SS Rajamuli, the guy who did RRR, his next movie is on the way in 2024. It's going to be a jungle action movie. They call it. <laughs> That's what he said. Wow, so adaptation so. of the 70s. Oh, uh, give Don me that Gregor Don McGregor in my veins. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you both like this. And I just, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted it. It's just going to be such a touch point for how I talk about superhero movies, I think, for a while. That um, that I can totally see, though. I think yeah. I think in yeah, that regard, I'm pretty aligned. Like, I would... I would like a landscape that was creeping more in this direction, yeah. probably than where the MCU template has kind of uh, um, petered out. Yeah, know? both both in in it's not just the like be about something and just earnestly embrace like you know helping people or being you know a force like a Superman force for good thing. It is also like lean into that you have cool characters and you should make us like I, a lot of people and a lot of critics will against this i think and i think it's tough to get right but the idea of like fan service i guess it is fan service but not in the like uh, i don't know like you recognize this toy and we're bringing out this toy but like mm -hmm. i don't know i think there's something to like leaning into that <laughs> a little bit um if you really really embrace it's not fan service know. to just want to do be cool fun. stuff all the time yeah <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> like, right exactly like if you are trying just to be really cool and have it be more than just like name recognition but if it is like we just do want to see batman be extremely cool <laughs> uh like, like every every superhero movie should have a sequence if not multiple that has you thinking like that's a signature move or that's a signature sequence yep, and that was yep. so unique and cool for that character 
right? It's the Daredevil hallway fight scene for Netflix. Whatever you think about that series, there's like a sequence where you're like, this is the aesthetic and the character boiled down, you know? And I think that's missing a lot. And I think Juwan captures that beautifully, right? It's very easy to picture. The action is slowed down. It is very visual, but, um, but memorable because it pauses, you know, it takes the time to be like, Hey readers, this is pretty dope, right? Hang with us. This is fun. As opposed to just kind of that smash cut, smash cut, smash cut. Lots of things are happening, but I'm not super invested in any of it, you know? Yeah. Like giving the time to make your characters not, I think the big thing maybe in American, like Hollywood filmmaking is like, and this works a lot of time. Like John Wick gets by because he's very fallible a lot of the time and he gets beat up and he is constantly being thrown around and bloodied. But, like, also letting your character just be really cool. <laughs> I think, yeah. like, superhero movies sometimes forget to be, like, no, like, make Aquaman just the coolest guy ever. And, like, watching him kick ass is fun. You well, know? And not, yeah. like, watching him fall on his ass. Somebody, you know, like, you can do yeah. it. it. It has to be balanced with some kind of stakes, I guess. But uh, I think sometimes leaning into, like, you know, them being uh like we should watch we, we, you want to root for the you know superheroes and stuff get a little hyped about them you know i just don't feel that walking into superhero movies ever right like i as much as i like the characters I, i'm trying to think of like like i really i was pointing out the captain america thor hammer thing because like when's the moment where i was like hell yeah spider-man like look at him go he's kicking ass that's so much fun like, i mean I think for a lot of people it was spider-man no way home but but really, like, is there a moment in the movie? I'm trying to think of moments where I'm just like, in no way home, getting to be, yeah, where he's getting to be. There's uh, a lot of great stuff uh, in the movie. And, well, like, first off, for a lot of people, it's Toby and Andrew just entering the movie to begin with. But then Andrew saving um, MJ. I guess that's all like, yeah. that's all just emotional crap. I'm talking about yeah, that's, but it's like and chill. It. It's like fist pumping chills. I I, I see yeah, what you're saying. Sure. It's a difference. Yeah, 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 no, I know what you mean. Uh, I just think like. Yeah, Thor. The the big slow motion Thor hammer stuff, you know, I think. So spy- I mean, it's just maybe it's just because I love those movies, but like Spider-Verse has those moments for Miles to me, like him jumping jump. from the building. Yeah. But uh, it's even the Miles sec- jump, that's not. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I just feel like, uh, you know, I, sometimes like they're afraid to lean into these things of being power fantasies. Like, yeah, it's I like guess. one of the reasons I really love Alita Battle Angel. Like Alita just gets to be extremely cool and like kick ass so much in those movies and she just gets to be super powerful and then sometimes vulnerable but then fight her way out of it uh i just think like yeah it feels like there's a, a slight like they want to make sure that these feel like grounded real people yeah. i'm like sometimes you can make them feel like grounded real people who are vulnerable but then also make them feel like supermen and like you know yeah. little gods sometimes i think that that's an instinct that might be missing a little bit hmm. yeah um alita battle angel chops someone in half uh you know with her heel it's pretty cool see and you remember <laughs> yeah, that really cool. <laughs> right that's what I'm i talking. think like, i think about that all the time <laughs> you know you do that to me yeah okay hey, okay that's a good place to end it <laughs> um, all right all right this is good this is our longest episode of all time uh our new thing is all our episodes are going to be uh seven and a half hours so we're going to start that in 2024 <laughs> um if you love us you'll listen to all of it uh, my I, plea I w- for all my Christmas present oh, yeah, wish this year is everyone, anyone who's listened to Extra Issues, uh, or if you haven't, go check it out. Zach and Charlotte's Extra Issues podcast. Consider an iTunes review. Pretty much all the yeah. iTunes reviews are for the old guard, the old My Ultimate Eater. We need some Extra Issues iTunes reviews. If you can Thank go you, and Dave. do that this Christmas, that is my wish. 
for you please all. Please do. I appreciate it. And I want to say thank you to both of you for watching Juwan. It was kind of a weird ask, you know? A three-hour movie yeah. that's not superhero related. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt I this length, I think, would be, you know, my criticism. Um, but I did. You know, every time it cuts to a dance sequence, I'm just, I'm tickled by that. I have a really Man, that first that. dance sequence, too, is uh, so sick. Yeah. The, like, 500 people on screen. Oh, yeah. All, like, no. dancing yeah. with flames, and everyone's got, you know, the big metal trays, and that one's so good. Yeah. No, it's really... Uh, it's a level of entertainment that is just like, it's like going to a circus or something. And I don't, it sounds facetious and it's like not even a thing I do, but it's just like, it's such, it's so entertainment overboard, you know, it's just yeah. like, here's everything. Here's everything all at once. You're going to enjoy some of this. Here's a missing aspect to this conversation. Uh, it's three like European uh, American people talking yeah. about this. Is that like, I think this movie did really well in India, but yeah. like critically there's a slight like, yeah, it's just kind of a big dumb entertainment you know like it in the the realm of indian movies this is still just kind of like a big dumb blockbuster mm -hmm. right so like you know we if you go look at like indian film goers they're like oh it's fine it's not a, like a serious movie so, mm. so like you know I, I think there's a novelty for us that uh you know for people who watch a lot of these movies they'll be like all right well i've seen this before and it's kind of a stupid version of it uh, yeah you know even if it's done well it, it did fine like i think it did okay critically and actually i think it did slightly better critically than like rrr because politically rrr has some like tricky stuff that yeah i've gathered uh, that yeah that passes us by a little bit there's some cast stuff in rrr um, for sure that i'm kind of aware of but not that much anyway yeah thank you both i appreciate it charlotte i'm sorry i uh was ragging on you We're so such much. A no, it's stinker. fine. I'll just be replaced by a new European person uh, next year. So this is my last episode. Uh, see you, everyone. Charlotte, <laughs> um, we could never. We could never. Oh, we could probably not do that. <laughs> <laughs> we could very easily, oh, but thanks for not. <laughs> no one here is replaceable. That's what I've learned. That's very year. true. That's um, very true. With some exceptions. This year, in our fifth year, I finally <laughs> decided. <laughs> I've been trying and trying, and I've learned. It is undoable. No, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for being there. Uh, we'll be back in 2024 with the year 2006. So, you know, thanks. Have a good holiday, and we'll see you next year. We'll see, see you, you next year. year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.